Hey there. We're Hell back. Hell yeah. We're back down here in Porchville. What's up? What's up? We got Reed back on. The gang's all here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Matt's over there. Hi, guys. Reed's over there. What's up? Survival Steve is over there. Hey, guys. And Taylor is over there. How you doing, Taylor? Pretty good. All right. You pull that down just a little bit more. You can right there. Yeah. Get right up in there. The gang is all here. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good. Good. Doing good. Fantastic. Doing awesome. We got a pretty awesome episode tonight. Uh, I um, I've been watching a lot of the show alone. I don't know if anybody's heard of that. I know you've heard of it, Steve. Absolutely. Um. I'm a big alone fan. You're a big alone fan, Reed. I, I'm a I'm a big fan. So, I've been watching this show a lot. I've, I've caught every episode that I can possibly see, and I was like, you know what? It would be fun to talk to somebody who does this for a living, um, or who knows anything about this, because I have no knowledge at all. Um, I would love to talk to some people that know how to do that. And so I looked it up. I said, what, what, are the chi- what are the chances? And Survival is Steve. Survival Steve, sorry, came up. And uh, I looked you guys up. Um, North Florida Survival Adventure. Yep. That's what yep. you guys do. That's what we do. And tell us what you do. Because this is, this is what I want to know. Like, how do you do it? What do you do? Uh, how ill prepared am I to do it? Which is probably very. Oh, long, you would definitely die. How long up. is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it, hey, we got we got pretty much <laughs> infinite time. So, okay. But we try to keep it in a two hour time frame. I was going to say so. it takes a pretty good long time to to say what exactly I do, but it might take longer to say you know how you're not prepared. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, fair <laughs> enough. He knows me well already. My <laughs> reputation has preceded me. Um, so how? Uh, all right. So let's just. Let's start with the basics. Okay. Now, day one, survival, basic 101. What 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 do we need to survive on our own out there in the world? All right. So, number one, we always teach our students is a positive mental attitude. You Ooh. have five priorities in survival, and number one is always positive mental attitude. If you have uh, the will to survive and a, and a desire to, to get through it, you're way more likely to survive than someone that goes out there and says, oh, my God, this is horrible. I'm going to die. I love that. You know, if you say you can or you can't, you're right. Okay. And uh, so positive mental attitude is number one. I'm with that. Yeah, so That's awesome. I mean, it might be a horrible, sucky situation, but regardless, you know, you, you got to find your motivation, your drive, your why. Uh, you're going to get out of there. Do you, do, when you train people, do you, do you give them like a scenario sort of thing? Like, hey, I want you to picture this happens. Like, what, what sort of things do you lay down for them? Uh, so we don't do scenarios. We do a practical where they actually uh, get to test their skills sometimes. We can do a practical exam toward the end of the course. Mm-hmm. But we just, so the, the basic, if you want to get to the basic, uh, the most basic course we teach is the Weekend Warrior. And that's a three-day course, two nights out in the wilderness. And the reason we teach this course is because the National Association of Search and Rescue teaches that less than 5% of people live past 72 hours in an emergency survival situation. Really? Wow. Yes. Are you yes. serious? 72 so hours? 95% That's it. of people don't make it. Damn. So, yeah. Wow. Wait, wait. So, like, if somebody couldn't just, like, lay on the ground for 72 hours and live through that? Maybe. Uh, depends on a lot of things. There's so many variables in nature and in the wilderness. Especially so many in Florida, man. Happen. And you Florida. Just lay on the ground in here? Yeah. What mostly gets you here <laughs> is the I'm heat. not from Florida. <laughs> The heat and the humidity will will just knock it right out of you in Florida. Right. So, I mean, have you ever tried to sit anywhere for several hours and just do nothing? 
Uh, I, I try not to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a little ADHD. It seems like when you try <laughs> to sit and do nothing, it's even harder than when you have nothing to do and you're just kind of forced to do it. But, yeah. Um, so they say you can live like three days without food, but how long can you think you could, you could go without food? About six hours. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, more like an hour, hour and a half guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it, imagine going three days uh, having nothing to eat and still needing to function. You know, it's a lot different than, than just laying there for three days and letting your body, you know, consume what it already has and what it's able right. to and then not having the calories that it needs to replenish. So uh, getting back on track, the Weekend Warrior, we teach all the basics so people know how to get past the first 72 hours of survival. And it can get you much further than that, but it's just down to the basics, the fire by friction, uh, mm. proper fire building and maintaining. Thermoregulation is a big one, learning how to keep your body the right temperature, uh, especially here in Florida because, yeah. the, you know, that's a big killer exposure. Uh, we call it, um, oh, shoot, I just had a brain fart and forgot the word. Um, you have hypothermia and hyperthermia. So in Florida, we get hyperthermia. Our bodies get too hot, and it's not able to cool down. That's me. Yep. That's, that's me. I have, a, I have a heck of a time with that. Yep. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin. I get that pretty much on a daily basis <laughs> here in Florida. <laughs> Definitely not used to the, the yeah. same kind of weather here. Yeah, it gets me. Yep. And then, um, then you have uh, edible plants that you find in the wilderness, how to find and purify water, uh, signaling for rescue, basic bushcrafting, and shelter building. So uh, the number one priority, like we mentioned earlier, is a positive mental attitude. Yeah. But the second priority is always going to be shelter because most people die from exposure, which right. means their bodies get too hot or too cold because it's exposed to the elements. It might be rain. It might be cold. It might be heat. Uh, who knows what it could be? How would you uh, – I mean, if you just dropped off in the bush out here somewhere in the middle of nowhere, what would be what would be a go-to to build a shelter? It uh, depends on the time of year. So yeah. if it's uh, winter time, then I'm going to build a, a down and dirty, like very low to the ground and very small, just a big enough to where I can fit in it, debris shelter. Okay. And so I'd you know make like a, a small A-frame and, and, and lay a st- like a, a one single truss or, or joint or stick down the, the middle of it and then pile a bunch of sticks on top of that and then cover that with lots of debris. Mm. And the reason is you want all those air pockets and those different temperate zones to help keep you warm inside. It's going to insulate you. And then you can have a little fire outside, uh, but you don't want to have it too close to a debris shelter because a debris shelter is basically made of a bunch of tinder that Whoa. can you know, go up in flames. In the summertime, you want shade, uh, protection from the rain and the storms, and then you want airflow uh, here in Florida. Airflow is going to be big because the humidity is going to get you. Uh, what happens when the humidity is over 70% is that sweat that drips off of your body never evaporates. It just drips, and evaporation is your body's way to cool down. Yeah. So um, what happens when the, when the sweat on your skin evaporates, the sodium helps it to evaporate and dry out, and your blood vessels, they dilate. They get close to the skin. They get big and round and flat. And as your skin uh, cools down from the sweat evaporating, it cools down those blood vessels as they pump back into your body, and that helps keep your body nice and cool. But when you can't sweat and, and evaporate and it just drips off of you, two things happen. Number one, your body puts out more sweat, so you start to dehydrate yourself. Mm. And number two, your body doesn't cool down. It starts to get really hot. And then you start getting heat exhaustion. You'll get a tension headache in the back of your skull, yep. uh, about the, like in the base of your skull, back of your neck. And then you start getting grumpy and fidgety. That's me. Grumpy. Yeah, grumpy. That's what it is. He's got is, is that where like dehydration, that like, like uh, bear caught? Is, is that kind there's, of the there's same no thing? telling bear um, caught. Bear caught. Bear caught. What is that? Uh, it's like uh, like heat stroke. Well, isn't it just heat stroke? I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that you stroke. would know about it. I didn't know about it until I moved to Florida. Why are you making stuff up? I've never heard of that term. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know. Nobody's it, heard of it. We just call it heat stroke. So you got heat exhaustion, and then that can That's what I always call All right. So <laughs> shut up, Matt. Yeah. I just fired myself. Yeah. That's okay, man. It's cool to make up neat, neat new words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's I'm going to call that from now on, He's Matt. pretty good at that. Yeah. 
Oh man! Any, anytime I'm, something sounds like shenanigans from now on, you can just say bear cut. I'm bear cut. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's what I learned when I moved to Florida. It's just like, man, I got heat stroke. And it's like, oh, the bear got you. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, you're you're bear caught. Bear what? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, you're bear caught. Somebody was just setting you astray, like yeah. from from day one, is what Somebody it sounds got like, you, man. I don't know. Maybe you should just like meet some of the country bumpkins that I work with. <laughs> could you explain ever, it to did you. Did you ever get sent for a board stretcher or a, a sky hook or anything? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. going to judge. I'm, I'm I'm a little uh, gullible. Okay. I once sent a guy into a uh, cooler for steam. <laughs> go, go find me boxes of steam, man. We need steam for the steam table. Nice. You know what? That actually might have been me. No, this was... Uh, this was uh, a kid that I worked with at the restaurant. Um, yeah, steam, and then the other one is drain the uh, tea urn. You know, that's the that's the the waitress one. Just just drain the water out. Well, it's hooked up to the tap, so it's never going to drain. Never drains. All right, so so all right, you got you got your positive attitude, right? Yep. And then you got shelter. And you got your shelter. Yep. And what do you think would be the third one? I mean, water. I'd think water. Water yeah. is definitely number three. Yeah. And and keep in mind these these priorities can change depending on the situation. Depend. Yeah. Uh, so if you know it's it's um if it's super rainy outside or super hot, of course you're going to need shelter first. But if it's dark and you have a lighter and you have the ability to make fire, it's going to be important to make fire first because mm-hmm. then you'll have the ability to see. You know. So what do you think would be number four? Fire. Fire. No. No. Uh, uh, hold on, let me think about this one. Uh, protection? No. No. Uh, food? Because yeah. I would, I would definitely want food? like a food. samurai sword. Food, food would be number four. So and then fire would be number five. Food in three days? Huh? Yep. Well, you don't know if it's going to be three days. You oh, hope it's going to be less. Okay. So you, never know, you know, you that never was, know what a survival. That was one of the things be. I kind of liked about the other way that they did alone mm-hmm. before they did this one, where it was, oh, you just got to make it a hundred days. I liked it when it was just we're just dropping you off and yeah. you don't know you, you don't know how long you're gonna be yeah. here. You just might be the last one, but you won't know until we come to get you. That seemed a better way of doing Did it. Did anybody you know, make it a hundred days though? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The uh, you watched the you. We were talking about it earlier. The dude Roland was that his name? I don't remember. Who made it? Most recent. I yeah, could win. Well, he made it a hundred. Yeah, days, he made it in the previous seasons. Oh no, no. The the longest one was that Jordan guy. I think they're like seventy. Yeah, I don't think anybody days. made it in hundred days except for Roland. Yeah, this was they were, they had said, "Oh, this is the most extreme ever." Yeah. Ooh. So, so, so some folks are, are love being away from society. I'm yeah. one of those people that I'm fine to be out there. How did you How did you get into this? Was it, is this just been something you've always done? Like, are, are you, I guess there's a lot of questions that go along with that. Are you from here? I am from Florida. Okay, um, so Ocala, you were born Marion and County. raised in this environment and still love to be outside. Uh, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it takes a special kind of person to enjoy the outdoors. I'll say I charge a lot more during the summer months when I, it's hot and humid. <laughs> so how did you get into doing this? What's what, The what's woods has always been my safe place since I was a kid. I yeah. uh, didn't have the greatest uh, home environment when Amen. I was young, so the woods was my safe place to go. Yeah. Um, and then all throughout my, my younger days, it was just you know a fun place and a cool place to be where me and all my friends went and uh, partying down at the lakes and mm-hmm. hanging out. And I just I always like being there better than anywhere else. Amen. You know? I like that. Um, how long have you spent 
teaching? In well, no, in no. The, in the woods on your own, like ha- uh, a couple of weeks, just a couple of weeks, yeah, a couple of weeks. Is that is there a is there like a personal best that you're gonna go for? No, no, yeah. I have too many goals, so yeah. generating revenue is an important thing to me. I, so. I totally <laughs> understand that. And how how is it? I mean, with uh, I know with the popularity of shows like this popping up, you know, um, that there's that there's always gonna be more people that are going, oh, I kind of want to check this out. Yeah. So has there has there been a big increase the last? I wish there had been, but no. <laughs> uh, um, so when the survival shows uh, started getting really popular, um, mm. I, I would say things may might have gotten a little better. Yeah. Uh, and then when COVID hit, just everybody <sighs> quit spending money, quit yeah. going outside, quit doing anything. So yeah. that that we took a hit during during the uh, the beginning of the COVID, but people are starting to uh, get back to normal life now, and, yeah. and they're they're signing up, and people are. Uh, calling and and the phone's been really busy probably last month more than it has most of the year i think people are people are sort of coming out of this going you know what i think i need a little bit more knowledge what's your uh what's your audience like i mean do you have a lot of um just adults or do you have you know teenagers and kids that come along with it i would say a complete melting pot of people really from all walks of life uh, come out and do the survival training um, and uh, for all different reasons. I mean, you get, you get people that just want to do something cool with their family and have a, a cool outdoor adventure. And then yeah. you get, you know, all the way to the tinfoil hat wearing, uh, you know, I wouldn't say crazy, but you know, very paranoid people. <laughs> I'll that, say crazy. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that, that definitely that they have to learn this and they have to learn that because, you know, something's going to happen any day now and you know, it might. And that's yeah. the whole reason. And I tell everybody that comes and takes this course, you know, congratulations on being a responsible American citizen. Yeah. You're, you're being being uh, trained to prepare to take care of yourself and your family no matter what happens. And whether you're a hunter and you just wanted to have some skills in case you fall out of your tree stand and you're stuck in the woods or, or uh, you get turned around and lost. Or did that happen to you before? I haven't fallen out of a tree stand yet, but knock, it will happen. Knock on, <laughs> knock on wood over there, man. When you're knock drinking beer in a tree stand and you fall asleep on accident, it's... I'll, I'll definitely advise against that, <laughs> but we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, That's uh, part so of the training. Don't drink beer in, in the, the tree, tree stand. stand. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say all kinds of people come come out for this class. And I've had, I've had students, uh, and they can come into the field and, and stay out in the field from ages 8 up to however old they can, they can handle it. I've had people in their 60s come out and take the course. Wow. Um, so getting to the, the tree stand and drinking thing, yeah. we, our, our school focuses on risk mitigation. We do not take unnecessary risk. You see some people on TV, and I won't name their names, and they say, oh, i got to jump from this cliff to that cliff to, to get to this point over here so that I can survive. Well, you don't jump from a cliff to another cliff. Are you talking yeah. about Bear Grylls? <laughs> it could definitely be somebody that, with a name that rhymes with Air Nils. Um, but, you know, I won't In name that names. neighborhood? Yes. Um, you know, you, you don't drink your own urine to survive. Yeah. It's, uh, that, it's, I don't know that I could. Yeah, you'll survive in spite of it be- and, and not You wouldn't of pee it. in a snake skin and drink it? No. No. I trained with Cody Lundin in Arizona. I just did it yesterday. Survival. It wasn't that bad. And uh, he taught us that, that <laughs> if you if you drink your urine, you'll survive in spite of it, not because of it. And uh, and the reason is it's everything that your body didn't need. It's right. already taken out the potassium, magnesium, the sodium, and, and all the electrolytes. It's taken out all the good stuff, and it uses that system to flush out all the stuff that's, like, not good. I, I and then you put that into your body, and it's not good. I'd be willing to bet that most people in, in this situation would, would – st- would suffer because of the water that they drink. It's, it happens a lot. I would like, imagine. You know you can do with your urine, though? What's that? You can actually, like, urinate on your clothes and then fan it out, 
and then once it cools off you can put it on your wrist or around your neck and i know it sounds gross but you got a lot of, of large blood vessels that flow through there and what you're doing is you're cooling off that blood before it pumps back into your body so if you can't sweat and have that sweat evaporate you can use that cool rag or towel or shirt or whatever that you urinated mm. on and then put that on those spots where all the blood flow is and help cool down that blood before it pumps back into your body so don't ingest it but you can use it hmm. so and that's if you're hydrated enough to pee most people, by the time they get out there, they're already dehydrated. Right. Yep. Porchville tips from Survival Steve here. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But then by so. the time you do pee, it, it feels like you're pissing, you're pissing out like spicy mustard. <laughs> it's it's usually pretty bad. Once you get dehydrated, it's like it, it looks and probably smells a lot like some some bad spicy. Oh. Yeah. So w- if people are in a situation where they're like just walking up to a river. Throwing uh-huh. some, you know, and, and trying to drink from it, like, is that a no-no? Or, yeah, or? we we say uh, if you can't see the source mm-hmm. and uh, and feel the water that it's nice and cold, that so that you know it's like a spring-fed source, yeah. then we don't recommend drinking it without some type of purification. Uh, boiling is always number number one. It's the best way to purify anything if you can boil it. But, but see, the thing is, like, if if somebody's in a situation, mm-hmm. in a survive, they must survive situation. I mean, they're usually not equipped. With all the stuff that a lot of these Correct. folks have, so what what should somebody do if they're just so there are times when wake you up do in the middle of water. nowhere. Yeah, so so if you're day two and you haven't had a drink in a while and and you're you know you feel that tension headache starting to get in the back of your skull mm-hmm. there in the base of your skull, uh, you know there there does come a time when you say, well, I haven't had anything to drink for two or three days, and if I don't drink something soon. I'm going to go. And there's this river over here that I've been following, <laughs> but I haven't found civilization. Yet. Right. You know, you and, and you always go down river. You never go up. Yeah. Because, you know, if you, you can hike a mile up up the river and uh, where you stop right around the bend could be a dead animal in the water. And it's, you know, all kind of growing of, of bacteria and stuff mm. inside of this animal. And it's going into the water and you scoop your hands up and drink that water. You know, you always go down river. And that way you can have a chance to see anything that might be there. Um, so there is a time when, when you might have to drink the water, even though you don't know if it's safe or not safe. But you always want to avoid that, if at all possible. What, so. if, what if there's just no water? So there is water. You just got to find it. How you got to know where to look. Usually you can dig low enough to get a seep well. There's moisture in the ground. There's water in the ground. Especially and in it, Florida, it I, might I not suppose be a pool. that would make sense. Right. It might not be a pool or a well or a sinkhole or anything like that, but there's moisture in the dirt, in the yeah. soil. And if you dig a deep enough hole, then that moisture will all collect at the low spot of that hole, especially if you cover it with a piece of clear plastic or something to where the sun can get through and heat all that up, and it'll condense on that plastic and put a cup down there and collect it. Hmm. Uh, there's vines that you can cut, like a muscadine grapevines that grow all over the place here in North Central. I saw Florida. a picture of you drinking that. Yeah. You can drink out of those? You can drink. You can cut those muscadine grapevines and drink the water right out of them. Really? Wow. It's delicious. It's, it's great water. So there is water out there. You just got to know where to find it. And that's why you train, you know. And I tell people all the time, don't train with one person. Train with as many people as you can because you'll learn something new from everybody. Wow. So, but, yeah, so um, there's water. You just got to you gotta know where to look for it and how to get it. So what uh, what, what sort of, what sort of uh, hurdles does, does Florida come with? I mean, what, I mean, because there's got to be some automatic <sighs> things. I mean, the, the, the bugs and the animals and the Top snakes. Top two are going to be the humidity and the insects. Yeah. Lots of biting insects. <sighs> uh, yeah. Especially uh, nighttime I don't like them. summers. <laughs> now, when winter gets here, of course, you know, the, the insect activity kind of goes down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't quite disappear, but if it's really cold, you don't got to really worry about them at night. They'll be, they'll be burrowed down and, and staying, stay, trying to stay alive. 
Um, but the humidity is there's nothing you can do about that. You can take all your clothes off and you're still going to just drip sweat. <laughs> everywhere. <Jeez>. Um, <laughs> so, so me personally, I don't care. I love it about the humidity at all. Like doesn't bother you at I'm all. Florida born. He's weird. I'm fine with He's humidity. Weird. I'm fine with sweating. Yep. But the bugs. Yeah. The bugs will get you. The, uh, the, and I've learned to be okay with them, but mosquitoes are nasty. There's plants that help with that too. So, so, so the, the downside is you can wear more clothes and that'll help protect you from the insects, but it makes you sweat more. You can take off all your clothes, but then you get more insect bites. And uh, I mean, you, uh, nobody likes it when I'm on the course and I try to take off all my clothes. It's, it's they frown upon <laughs> you as an instructor and a business person. <laughs> I mean, then you take off all your clothes in the middle of a course and you're like, what is this Survival guy doing? Steve, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't do that. And, um, so with the insects, there's lots of plants that you can use. Um, some that are native to this area are wax myrtle and beautyberry, American beautyberry. And um, the wax myrtle, uh, either one, you can take the leaves and like dip them in water, or you can just put them on the fire. Uh, but it's better if you dip them in water, you get more steam. And then the, the when it burns, though. yep. I know, I know that one. I don't know the wax myrtle. Wax myrtle. So you'll find it around lakes and other areas. Uh, sometimes you'll find it in the in just out in the woods. But um, just Google it, wax myrtle. You can kind of get an idea of what it looks like. And uh, the Indians used it, too, to, to put on the fire and use it to help keep mosquitoes away as well. But um, beautyberries have a natural occurring chemical inside the leaf that will help repel uh, mosquitoes. Not foolproof. It's not, you know, 90% DEET. But, but it helps. It helps. And, um, you know, they don't, they don't like smoke to begin with. But when you have that smoke with that chemical in it that they don't like, then it's even better. Huh. And the upside about the American beautyberries, you can actually eat the berries. They grow in those little purple clusters down yep. the stalk. Um, some old timers call them turkey berries because the turkeys like to eat them too. But you can eat those beauty berries, and they're very bland. They don't have much sugar at them. Um, yeah, they're uh, pretty hard little seeds on not the very inside. Good. Not very good. But you know, it's food. It's sustenance. So we always say it'll build a turd. So do you do you <laughs> teach? Um, it's a great I like saying. It. That is the yeah. best saying. It'll I think I've build ever heard. a turd. Yeah. It'll, build, it'll a turd. build a turd. You know, it might not be the best thing, but it'll build a turd. <laughs> do you teach like um like what to look for in plants? Like do you do you teach like edible plants? We do teach edible plants, but we don't teach um uh, the only edible plants we teach are ones that are edible year round yeah. and uh, plants that are edible um at any time in their growth. Mushrooms. So, no. So. Uh, I was told a neat thing one time. All mushrooms are edible, but some of them only once. <laughs> so unless you're a professional <laughs> mushroom-picking connoisseur, yeah. stay away from the mushrooms. I only pick one kind. <laughs> <laughs> I only pick one kind, ironically, too. But it's, um, I imagine it's, they're both vastly different. It, it is The one I pick <laughs> is called Chicken of the Wood. It's super easy to identify. It's like bright yellow, yeah, and yeah. It's, uh, it's very... Um, dense and it's uh, it tastes kind of like chicken and it's it, the the texture when you chew it's kind of like chicken too but it's super easy to identify and they're huge. Yep. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so mushrooms not so much. Um, pokeweed is a good example. Uh, the old timers would eat pokeweed salad, mm -hmm. but when pokeweed gets over a foot tall, it becomes toxic. So we don't teach that as an edible plant in our course because if someone forgets that little detail, it could kill them. I did not know that. Yes. Yeah, so we That's teach a hell of a detail. Yeah, we yeah. teach things like. Um, Swamp cabbage or, or heart of palm. I've heard uh, of swamp cabbage. Yep. Yep, I've seen somebody prepare that once. Yeah. It was. Uh, it's not it was bad a, at all. You can eat it raw. You can cook it. Uh, it's really good. It's not uh, bad. Cambium pine bark, green briar. There's lots of berries like blackberries, wild blueberries, things like that that grow out there. The beauty berries. So there's lots of plants that you can eat, but we don't teach anything that's not going to be edible throughout the year or throughout its you know ripened time of its growth, or anything that's not going to be um, you know edible throughout the entirety of its life, like the poke berries hmm. that's wild yep so stay away from the the danger ones 
So no uh, no picking mushrooms when you don't know what it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you're not a professional mushroom picker, just don't do it. It's not it's not worth the risk. Don't want to pick no death caps. Uh, if you have you ever seen any of the uh, the Naked and Afraid or any of those episodes of those shows where the guys actually try a mushroom and then yeah. they get, really one of those guys got he tried he ate one he thought it was fine and he got really sick had to lay down in the cool water I think they ended up taking him off the show I don't remember. Uh, but I mean, it's it's not worth the risk. The, the naked and afraid people—they don't seem to be nearly as prepared. I don't know, man. As the I've had a few people um, that have went on on uh, several different shows that have called me from this area. They got casted for a show and they wanted to do some training. Mm-hmm. And um, most all the people that I've got have never had training before. Really? Yep. Yep. Um, so I I don't know what the uh, what the criteria is to get on one of those shows. I've I've tried to get on. Uh, a couple of shows alone. Uh, a friend of mine, Matt Burke, he uh, runs Tin Can out of Newberry, Florida. Um, he tried to get us on alone back when they were doing the one where they dropped two people off and you had to navigate to each other. See, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. I, that one yeah. was, uh, that that's, one was good. That's I the one you were one. talking about with the brothers or something, yeah, the, right? The brothers that always argued. They, I haven't seen they, those. They won. He was retired Air Force, and I'm a survival instructor, so maybe they passed on us because of that reason. I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind doing it, but I don't know how Taylor feels about me being gone for several months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taylor, how do you how do you fit into this? Do you do you subscribe to the survivalist? mentality or or uh, are you just like no nah, I got the AC on in the house I'm gonna be over there because that's where my wife would be she'd yeah. be like you go out in the woods all you want I'll be at the house tell them about your first time which one coming out on the course like what you hadn't done before versus what you were exposed to so growing up I would always go camping with family we'd go to campgrounds that had bathrooms and designated campsites and so the first time I went with him, we went and he kind of brought us into the middle of nowhere, no campsites, kind of just picked an area that was flat enough for us <laughs> to make camp at. <laughs> and just, it was very like, different. What the heck am I getting into here? Yeah. And so most of the trips we've been on, we haven't even used tents. We kind of just. Out under the stars. Yep. And yeah. I got a friend of mine who loves to do that. He's born and raised in Florida, um, South Miami. And, and we would go camping and I'd be in the tent or the camper or whatever and and he's sleeping bag next to the fire it's like bro yeah. what are you doing i'm it's fine with it except for the spiders yeah see nope. see <laughs> i you didn't even have to say spiders she calls nah. them nopes oh god not a, big, not a big nope fan dude there was one time <laughs> nick heard about an island that's like infested with snakes and he just said nuke it yeah <laughs> yeah just, just destroy it right. just, just, just get rid of set it, it on fire yeah. so snakes are a good source of food um they're usually not too hard to catch except for the black racers but, <sighs> uh, i mean i prefer to eat something else i'd be too terrified i have s- nightmares about snakes i've certainly <laughs> eaten worse than snake uh so i wouldn't i wouldn't mind eating snake but um i don't know my two big things that i really don't care for are roaches and maggots yeah. not that i've ever i haven't tried them but those are just like the two ooh things to me like how uh, would you try a roach why would you even try i don't that? know i mean look at the I people on uh fear factor that used to put the madagascar hissing cockroaches yeah. in their mouth yeah like how many can you put in your mouth before you freak out oh. do you know yeah. how many episodes i watched of fear factor no. none none about what? three so minutes of that one. was those so are yeah. great shows steve, the classic no. steve now that we're on the 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 uh topic of food yes um I see it keeps revolving to that with you. You're, <laughs> you're, you must be a lot like me. You're a foodie at heart. Reed hasn't so had dinner n- yet. Now that we're on the topic of food, can you talk us through some um, survival training that might entail catching food? Okay, so we normally mm. go with foraging. We don't go with catching, trapping, or hunting. If oh. you're definitely not hunting in a survival situation. You don't have the calories or the time for hunting. Uh, foraging is your, your best bet because there's so much stuff readily available. You can walk 
pick, eat while you're going. I right. mean, that's how the natives did it uh, for centuries, and that's the, the best and easiest way to do it. Now, if you want uh, some, some non-plant-based proteins, the easiest way to do that is going to be to catch grasshoppers. Uh, early in the morning when they're real cold is the easiest time to get them. You just get a branch off of a tree and use it like a swatter and stun them, and then you grab them. And you put a bunch of them, you get like a piece of straw, you know, the grass has a little Y that grows up in the mm-hmm. yard, something like that, or a reed or something. What you do is you grab them by the backside and you grab them by the head and you pull the head off of it and all the guts will come out with it. And then you put a bunch of them on a straw, like a, like a shish kebab kind of. And if you don't put them all on that piece of straw, what happens is when you put them next to the fire to roast them, their little legs will start contracting with the heat and they'll kick and either end up in the fire or out of the fire, away from it. Uh, but, but... You always want to cook even grasshoppers uh, and crickets because even little insects like that can have parasites. It can give you dysentery. <laughs> and that, of course, is diarrhea for the people that don't understand what dysentery is, which leads to dehydration and death. So we cook everything that we can possibly cook uh, except for, you know, plant-based stuff. And if, like, cattails, we eat cattails. Uh, but if you pull it from the water, we recommend roasting it because if it has that water on it and that water has bacteria or viruses, you're going to get the dysentery. I'm sure. going to die. So you even roast those. I'm going to die. Um, yeah, I'm, you, you I'm just gonna die. Then you, you can go into snare traps and uh, Paiute deadfall traps or figure four traps to catch that? small game. Yes, we do that. We do. Wow. We, we can do both deadfall traps or, or snare traps. Uh, you'll make a funnel for a snare trap and for deadfall traps. You can. Uh, Cody Lundin caught me taught me a really cool trick. He said, you know, if you don't have like an old candy wrapper or some kind of food that you can use for bait, he said, just take the oils from your nose. You know, rub them all over your fingers and then rub them on the bait stick. Because really? some animals are really curious, you know, like coons, squirrels, uh, little things like that. Rats, especially, and, and rodents are really curious about different smells. And if they come up there just to investigate it and they bump that trigger stick, then offsets your trap and you got something to eat. So trapping is definitely a good thing to do in survival. Hunting, definitely not. Uh, you can do pit traps. You can do snares. You can do deadfalls. Lots of options. Your best bet is going to be foraging. And then if you're going to trap, we always say set at least 10 traps per person. You know, take the time, carve, carve, whittle out your figure four stuff or whittle, uh, you know, get all your snare stuff ready. And then go set about 10 traps minimum per person. You know, if you have one or two traps and, and neither one of them catch anything, you're not going to you're not going to eat if you're depending on that. So the right. more traps you set, the, the higher your odds are to actually catch something. And don't use all the same kind of trap. You know, it might not work all the same. So I just asked because, uh, you know, I am a hunter. I do hunt, but, I you know, I've tried to um, bushcraft traps, mm-hmm. you know, because we have rabbits where oh, I'm yeah. at. Well, I have 32 acres, and we have rabbits where I'm at, but what snares are great It does rabbits. not work. Yeah. I cannot catch shit. You told me that there was something that happened to you when you went out hunting. Was it? Did you forget? You didn't go all the way to the deer stand and forget your bow. That was another friend of mine. No, that's not me. What was it? Yeah. What, what did you do? Uh, you had you had an embarrassing fucking freaking story you told me about. I don't remember what it is. He was drinking no. beers on his deer stand. And are you talking about the the hornet? The I think hornet so. Thing? I think I think it was the hornet thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So there was a hornet nest in the um, the tree stand, <laughs> and I threw sticks at it to knock it down. How'd and that work out for you? I got up there with your intention to knock it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I knocked it down. And then I got up there, and then all the hornets came back <laughs> to their nest, and they were very angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I battled hornets for about yeah. 20 minutes and then and then got out of there. Thank yeah. God. 
So I almost it, fell out. So that'll definitely definitely make somebody fall out of a tree stand. Little stuff like I've seen videos where bears climb up the the tree. That yeah. Somebody's in the stand Did you see in. the one that the guy sitting in the deer stand and in the and the bear he looks down and all of a sudden he's looking up. It's like it seconds. Yeah. It was uh, all yeah, the way. Black bears over. are fast. They can run insane. fast. They can climb fast. They're, what do we what do we, we have black bears here? Oh yeah, lots right. of black bears. Really, a lot yeah. of them. Uh, in, o- in Ocala? Ocala's yes. tons of them in the Ocala National really? Forest. I live out by Lake Catherine in no the Ocala idea. National Forest, and they relocate a lot of the bears that they that they have to trap and move out there by the area that I'm at, um, FWC does. Wow. And so we have a really dense bear population out there. Really? Yeah. They're not too bad, crazy. though, right? The black bears? They're, I mean, just Are they a nuisance? Like, do they do they come bother you guys or whatever? They have eaten one of them. Okay, I don't, I'm not a big fan of black bears. They knocked down the only tree, peach tree that I have that actually gave <laughs> oh, me no. full of peaches last <laughs> oh, year. Oh, man. He didn't, he didn't, I mean, he couldn't be considerate and just pick all the peaches he wanted off of it. He just knocked the whole thing down. And I'd ate kill all for my a peach tree in my backyard. Oh, that I sounds amazing. So frustrated. Um, but yeah, they'll, they eat all the deer corn. They, I mean, there's just a bear being a bear. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I, I I hope they'll they'll have another season on them. There are so many of them out there. Dude, the first um, season was awesome. Well, I think I think where they where they made a mistake on that is, um, you know, they said, hey, we're only going to allow so many of them. Mm. But instead of doing tags like they do for gators, where they knew exactly how many of them could be got, uh, they just said, you know, when it gets to this number, we'll we'll tell everybody to stop. How do you right. get that <laughs> message out to everybody? <laughs> yeah, right. Stop in time, you know. So hopefully they'll do it again and do something like a tag, just like they do for gators, to where they know, you know, no more than this many will be taken. And uh, harvested, and that'll hopefully keep the population down because they're getting pretty bad. For, I know for a while up in Juniper Springs in the Ocala National Forest, they had most of the trails and stuff closed because there was a couple of nuisance bears, and that's just the bears that get too used to people. They get, you know, they're right. not they're not afraid of people. You know, when I see a bear that just watches me and is not afraid of me at all, that's a that's, problem. That's a problem. So you 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 have close encounters with bears. I mean, y'all have bears there regularly, pretty regularly. So um, has there been any like, um, you know? Close calls, like close calls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, personally, yes. During a course, no. Um, we we set up uh, bear bell sometimes. I usually uh, put lots of smells around the camp that they won't like, um, and then we you know we always take some kind of precaution out there just in case. Um, what kind of smells do they not like? Mothballs is a good one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They don't like the smell. I of heard that moths don't all. like them either. No, they don't like mothballs. Oh, you know what else doesn't like them? Snakes and spiders. Really? Really? Yeah. For you guys that are <laughs> terrified of snakes and spiders. I should have invested in that just, years you're just ago. You smell like mothballs for the rest of your it life. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as snakes and spiders smell like cigarettes for 40 years, yeah. I might as well smell like mothballs you know, for the next 40. I don't know that spiders don't like the smell. I don't know if spiders can smell or not smell. I don't know if that's a thing, but it, they always said that uh, you know, it definitely worked for keeping snakes and spiders out. And I know snakes can smell, so. Hmm. Yeah. Mothballs. It's a magical trick. I need a note. Don't snakes actually I smell through their tongue? I don't know. Is that a thing? I, never I think that's a thing. I've I heard. Think I think I've heard thing. that before. I've never asked one. <laughs> no, <laughs> man, I've never had a conversation <laughs> with a snake before. He has I would plenty of conversations with snakes, but not, yeah, I guess not about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I found one the other night, and uh, I was out working on the property, and I picked it up, and I did a video for her, and like I was Steve Irwin, and I was like, "Oh, it's a beauty," you know. I had this beautiful bright orange color on the bottom of it, and then she sends me a video of her just shaking her head like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh, nope. So yeah, there's not a, a fan. Yeah, nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. Nopes or spiders, nope ropes or snakes. Yep. So not <laughs> Set a fan it on fire. Yeah. Nuke it. Yep. My so buddy Joe, who's been on the podcast quite a bit, um, he had a like a I, th- I wanna say she was like nine or ten feet long. It was like Always big Python, Python or whatever. Yeah. She was I think it was a called boa. her Priscilla. I used to have it was, he'll he'll correct me. He listens, he'll he'll call me and be like, Oh, 
red, Colombian red tail boa. I yeah, think that yeah. Was it. I think it was a boa. Aha. Of some sort. Yeah. Priscilla. I had an eight and a half of Burmese python when I was younger. That is crazy. That's pretty awesome. That was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. Joe's wife made him get rid of it when they had kids because she didn't want it to eat the baby. That's. I mean, that's pretty logical. Yep. If that's kind of a like a prerequisite with a pet, yeah. I don't think that's a good pet. I mean, look how many dogs can just, you know, in one instance, turn and snap. You know, most dogs are peaceful yeah. they're normal. But you can train a dog. <laughs> you can't train a snake. You can, but anything can 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 change an animal in an instant. Look at horses. That's look at any true. animal you want. Anything can make it think that something's a threat and completely just change it. Uh, you never know. I love I loved watching the guys that I try would, to I run I would much up. rather, like, be around a... Little wiener dog, I would uh, boa constrictor. Yeah, you know who used to have a little wiener dog? Who? Reed. You know how I know that? Because he probably told. We're going to do this one again. Because he told me a story a little while ago involving a wiener dog (laughs) pulling him on on a skateboard. skateboard. (laughs) What happened? Uh, I guess we'll go back through it. So, um, you know, I had some friends over. Had to go. How old were you? 14. 14. Had to give the dog a walk. And the dog loved to just pull you on a skateboard. So hooked him up on the leash. Away we went. But it was nighttime and I didn't notice the the, uh, differences in the, the sidewalk. So when I was riding the skateboard, we hit the uh, hit the ledge and I went flying off. And, and what, what happened when you flew off? Well, I put my hands out, you know, because yeah. you want to stop yourself. Right. And just then, just get some road rash? Well, no. No? Yeah, no. One of them went crack, and my arm went like this to the side. <laughs> For those of you who cannot see what he just did. It's about he, a 45-degree angle. His, his arm completely went the wrong direction. And the moral of the story is don't follow your wiener. That's, <laughs> what, yeah. that's right. That's yeah. a good one. Use your brain. Use your brain. Don't follow the wiener. Yeah. See, as a man, that's a really hard suggestion to follow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was. I wanted him to retell it because Matt was thoroughly disgusted by the description earlier. So yeah, of the gore of the arm break or the hand right. Yeah, the arm break. Oh, he didn't even talk about the resetting. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Tell that him about the resetting. All right, so. A week later, I went to the doctor to get the cast put on, right? And uh, A week? <laughs> yeah, it took a week. So the doctor says, all right, well, it looks like we're going to have to reset your arm because your bones have grown back in an odd shape. So my mom walks out it. of the doctor's office, and uh doctor says, all right, you ready? And I said, well, can, can you give me some shots or something? You know, <laughs> let's, let's numb it up. No, the He candy. said, no, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. For the soul. So he took my arm and he just ripped it apart and just put it back together again. It was it was a pretty painful experience. But it made a cool story. It, it did yeah. make a cool story. Yeah. Our dog jumps off of the kayak and pulls me in the kayak down the <laughs> river. Yep. Watch out for rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I got to worry about hitting those. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing about uh, you know the waterways in Florida, though, man. If you're stuck out there, like I'd be worried about you know gators and stuff like that. Like I grew up around them, so yeah. I mean, you know they're they're dangerous, but you know 
usually when and why. So if you don't do anything to agitate them, we swim in the same river I that the gators are that. in that you can see them. You I don't know, know any of that. Right there across the water. Have, so you, gone, have you gone down the Silver Springs? Uh, yeah, we do Silver River a lot. We live oh right yeah, there in Ocala. So we do uh, guided kayak tours, and that's one of the most popular ones. There's manatees, monkeys. Yeah, um, the gators, monkeys. That's what I was getting at, man. Oh, you got to yeah. stay away from the monkeys. Yeah, stay are away they from monkeys. They got herpes. Big crowd? Uh, so Big crowd of monkeys? So you never know if you're going to see them or not. It's um, you know, depends on if they're n- next to the water that day, and it depends on uh, y- there might be a, a group of them here and then a group of them over there, or you might not see them at all. So you never know. They're big monkeys. Uh, some of them. Some of them are, I mean, they're from babies all the way yeah, up. Yeah, some of them are babies. Yep. In I Ocala? Mean, my, my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. My, my girlfriend, oh, Courtney. Right. I, did uh, like, I didn't know about she's that. She's been on the show a few times, but um, she's a hydrologist, and she went to UF like for hydrology and stuff like that, so she spent a lot of time on the springs, and she would just be like out there on a canoe, and there would just be like one big ass monkey and then like three or four like little baby monkeys and they all just be sitting there like right next to her just like yeah. staring at her like what are you doing they're adorable but definitely uh don't don't get close to the monkeys my wife's grandfather grew up in this area and uh when he was i mean little two years old uh not two to like four six something like that um but he used to go to silver springs as a as a kid and he would sell bags of boiled peanuts mm. or roasted peanuts, and he would tell the uh, he would tell the people that would ride the boats, whatever you do, don't give the monkeys any of the boiled peanuts. They don't like them, and they'll throw them back at you. They'll throw other stuff at you too. That you I hear, I hear that. Yeah, monkeys are known for. Are you talking about poop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's possible. I mean, why take the risk? Risk mitigation, right? Don't if take unnecessary risks. Is it would it be would it be better to be lost out in the middle of nowhere here or say like up north somewhere where it's a little cooler? Like say and Wisconsin. Everywhere's got its own ups and downs, man. Here you battle the heat and humidity up there. Yeah. You're going to battle freezing cold temperatures sometimes of the year and and still mosquitoes in other times of the year. So you know, each one's going to be totally different. I did a lot of my training out in Arizona. Yeah, and, that's uh, got to be you brutal. Know, you, would, you would think, oh, man, desert and mountains. And it was, yeah. You know, it was beautiful. It yeah. was great. Plenty of food to eat that you can find. Uh, plenty in the of desert? Water. Yes. Really? Yeah, what kind of what kind of things are you eating in the desert? Cattail. There's plenty of cattail to eat. Cattail? What is that? It's like, a plant that grows in or, or near the water. Okay. Uh, I'm sure is. you've seen them, like, in the retention ponds. It looks like it has a corn dog on oh, the end Oh, okay. The yeah, 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 yeah. You don't eat that part. <laughs> don't eat. So you don't part. eat that part. Don't eat the corn dog. Part. That's the part I think you'd eat. No, nope, not at all. Not at all. That's, what do you eat? That's I, like a, I would think corn dog, and I'd be like, oh man, I'm gonna tear <laughs> yeah, into put that. Some, <laughs> put some mustard on that thing. So imagine eating, um, you know what a dandelion is, right? Yeah. It's a little fluff ball on the end of it. Right. Imagine like thousands of those compressed into a tight ball. Is what it's going to be like if you put it into the end of that corn dog. It's just dry <laughs> seed pods. That I can I can together. actually imagine feel that. what that would taste like. Yeah. I. I Oh, yeah. Dude, seriously, again, I'm I'm just thinking about putting a little bit of mustard on there and eating that. Wow. Now you could grind those things into like some type of a meal or a flour and make something out of it, but that's not wow. the part that we eat in survival. What we eat is the if you take the stalks that don't have one of those corn dog looking things growing out of it, mm-hmm. the ones that are just the leaves, right. you spread out the outer two on each side, uh, all the way down to the bottom, and then you pull up the center stalk. There's a, a white piece on the bottom of that that's about you know six inches to a foot long, and that's the part that you're going to eat. 
How do you learn this kind of stuff? Like you train with lots of people. Um, yeah. You can do research, but I recommend hands-on. I mean, yeah. hands-on is going to be the best way. So, and and train with. If I were to do hands-on, I would probably be dead right now because so, I would uh, eat something I wasn't uh, supposed nah, to. Don't eat anything that we don't tell you to eat. So, Steve, we, as far as the hands-on thing, like, yeah. um, what if I was going to take your course mm-hmm. this weekend? What would I need to bring? What do I need to think about? Like, what is it? What's up with that? Okay, so advice from Steve, if you're going to do a survival course, um, as soon as students pay, we send them a gear list, and we also send medical waivers and, and other information from, from them, too, so that we can review, know if they have any allergies. If you die, it's not of, my fault. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if, a, if a berry, too, it's not my fault. Yeah. Uh, so we thoroughly review their medical history and, and any, any kind of medical conditions they have, medications. Uh, I'm an emergency medical responder. Taylor's a nurse. Um, so And she goes That's out convenient. to every one of them that, that <laughs> wow. we can possibly do. Um, so we, we take a lot of precautions. So right. uh, we send you the gear list. Um, we make sure that you have everything squared away. Um, I give I make sure people have my personal cell phone number so they can call if they have questions to get ready for the course. And what um, sort of things would be on the gear list? Uh, so a backpack, a good bag that can hold your stuff. You take a lot of modern gear, like on the Weekend Warrior, you take mm-hmm. a lot of modern gear with you. Um, you can't take lighters. There is contraband that you're not allowed to bring. Lighters, matches, any type of fire starter, no cell phones, tablets, watches, uh, GPS. I teach people how to tell when it's going to, how many hours till it's going to be dark so they don't need to have a watch on them. Uh, and it's a distraction too. So I want them to kind of go back in time a little bit and uh, learn how to how to deal with life I like that. in the wilderness if you don't have all this cool stuff. So we have the stuff for the comfort of, of making it through the weekend. But we teach you how to live without all that stuff. So most everything that we do is very primitive, and it's done just with a knife. So wow, you have wow. A f- you can bring a flashlight. You can you know you're gonna have your sleeping bag. I have had people say you know can I please bring a tent? I'm not sure if I'm gonna be comfortable sleeping out there. And for the people that are pretty confident that they need a tent to be able to sleep, I tell them okay you can bring a tent because I'd rather them have a good night's sleep or at least an okay night's sleep than to be up the next day and you know that maybe got an hour or two of sleep and they're not able to focus and. Uh, stuff like that. So, you know, we're I'd need a pretty flexible queen size bed, maybe some AC. We recommend things. We're we're very sensible and and logical in our approach to teaching. We're not we're not a a, a pot smoking drum circle of of hippies. (laughs) Uh, And at the same time, we're not like a, you know, drill instructor. It's not a testosterone filled competition of, you know, who can do the best survival. Sure. We're there to teach you some skills, have a really good time doing it. I always try to be really funny. It it rarely works, but people get a good laugh at me trying to be funny. (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. So, And it shows when I do the course. People can tell that what I'm teaching is, is something I'm knowledgeable about. You know, I don't teach things that I don't know. I don't try to fake it. I just stick to what I know, and I pass that information along in a way that people can retain it and then take it home and teach the people that they know and they love what they've learned in, in a way that, you know, other people can kind of hook into these skills and keep them. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That's badass. I really like what you said about, you know, Taking them back in time a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because I, I think that's just a really cool thing to do. It's, 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 uh, there's something about, you know, reconnecting with our environment that I think, uh, we really need to do more of. You know, I don't, some of the, the most beautiful times that I've ever had are, are times that I've just got into a spring or something like that and I just lay there and look up at the trees and you know Everything it's like you feel just fades just, away. it just goes away yeah. there's there's nothing around you you know and then your kids drowning so you got to you know, snap out of it yeah, and you yeah, know grab up. them but uh but yeah for those for those few moments it's just nature it's heals. amazing it's a you know? it's, it's a it's a great thing and the I more research they too. do on it um yeah. I volunteer with tin can I was thinking about earlier mm-hmm. and they're a a network that takes veterans and first responders on outdoor recreational retreats for free to heal PTSD. Um, and 
And we, you guys have a website for that too? Yeah, tincan.us. Tincan.us. Yep. Make sure yeah. you go check that out. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. I'm actually going to bring that. Uh, so they found oh. that it's about 80% more effective to do um, PTSD therapy in nature, mm-hmm. uh, that it's just much more healing. And we take the families of the, of the PTSD um, survivors as well. So uh, there's secondary PTSD and, and the families that have to deal with it. And what happens is, um, you know, mom or dad's dealing with PTSD from stuff that happened in the military mm-hmm. or law enforcement. You know, they saw people die. They uh, were in a, uh, an explosion, whatever happened. But they don't talk about it to the family mm-hmm. because they don't want the family to have to hear about those things and suffer and go through the feelings that they're going through. So they bottle it up and they put it in the emotional closet. Mm-hmm. And every time they add more to that closet, it gets harder and harder to shut that door until yeah. one day it opens up, everything comes flooding out, and they either have a breakdown, some of them commit suicide. So what we're trying to do is give them a safe environment to enjoy time with their family to where they can talk about these things. We have them with people who have been through some of the same stuff mm-hmm. so that they can either talk to them about it or feel safe knowing that you know they're not the only one that's been through it. And they can either completely ignore the issue and just enjoy the weekend of peace and quiet, or they can talk about it and process it and get through it um, in a safe environment. And their family gets to spend time with them and bond with them without that barrier that's always there of, you know, what's dad not talking about? And there's something's wrong with dad or something's wrong with mom. So nature heals, man. That's an yeah. amazing thing. Whether you're you floating do. in the that spring. Is, that's incredible. You're that's blowing awesome. my mind, Steve. You're like blowing my mind. I, I didn't even <laughs> know these things existed. <laughs> I have my moments, man. I'm alright. I actually just uh, like he actually has some like brain fluid like leaking out leaking of his out. ear right <laughs> now. <laughs> Taylor, you might want to take a look at that. Um, so uh, nature does heal. Uh, yeah. You can be in the springs. Have you ever sat and just stared at a fire and just realized yeah. how your mind goes all the time? And you all can, the time, you can maybe you'll think about stuff and it just kind of flows and you can process, but you forget about everything else. You're just yeah. watching the fire and your brain's doing its thing. And fire, oh, especially like that blue man. fire, like right at the bottom, yeah. like it's. it's As a matter oh, of yeah, fact, yeah. there was a there was a thing on Netflix that was just a fire. You and just watched the fire. I, I, had, I, I had actually just watched it. Was just it sat like there on TV versus reality? Was it the Christmas fire? Well, it was at the time I didn't have like a fireplace <laughs> or anything like that, so yeah. it, was, it was all I had. But let me put on it, the fire. It, it, I did one day. I caught myself just I don't know why I put it on. I was like, this is really soothing. This is it nice. Is. You since, know, since it's definitely it, you, you can't beat yeah. sitting out of the fire. You, you can't. Know. You uh, can't. It's therapeutic. You yeah, know? just uh, floating in the spring, sitting out in nature, and just yeah. listening to all the sounds and and not all the chaos. Yeah. Um, but fire, since we've known fire, has meant lots of things to us: safety, security, food, light, comfort. One of the uh, one of the things that I hear a lot on all these survivalist shows, I hear it's like a common thread of people saying. This is how we're meant to live. Oh, That's yeah. why it just feels so Our natural. Our bodies were designed for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's using the bathroom. We weren't designed to sit on a toilet and yeah. use the bathroom. We were designed to, to squat down and use the bathroom. That's what lines up your colon and makes it, you know, to where the, the poop flows out easily. Look yeah. at the squatty potty. That's right. why I stand Prime on example. the seat. <laughs> yes. There you go. There you go. I'm pretty sure I was designed to sit on a toilet because I do it yeah. all uh, the you, time. You adapted to sit on a toilet. <laughs> that's what you were taught. But yeah, our bodies were, ma- were I mean, we were designed to be in nature. You know, yeah. we're, we're smart, so we can find other comforts and better ways to do things. But we were designed that way. And it's you know, when you get back to it, you feel that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're there. It's a uh, it's a beautiful thing, nature. It's healing. It's uh, it's beautiful. And and I mean, there's lots of cool things. One of my favorite one is. Uh, you won't find Wi-Fi in the wilderness, but I guarantee you'll get a better connection. Yeah, and uh, and it's true. You know, you go out there and you just you can connect with yourself. You can process your thoughts, think about the things that are going on in your life. 
or just don't think about them and enjoy it and just have some peace and quiet. One of the funny things, I'm a I'm a I'm a glamper. I got yeah, I got okay. I got a camper out there. It's, we do you know, that. We do glamping. Yeah, it's amazing. I love doing it. Um, but I belong to some groups on Facebook. There's you know some conversations back and forth. And one of the funniest things I it's always him see, and Oprah Winfrey. Me and oh. Oprah. <laughs> one of the funniest oh. things I see is people getting on there and they always ask, "Oh, I uh, I need a Wi-Fi boost. Is there any?" Any what's a, what's a good Wi-Fi in the? It's like you know what's so about to happen is that now everybody's gonna get on there and comment. Oh, you don't need Wi-Fi in the woods, and that's exactly. It's like a hundred comments. It's like oh man, yeah. You, you see and they're right, they're right. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. Uh, you don't, but it, I always feel bad for the people that get on there and say that. I'm like, yeah. here it comes, yeah. and sure enough, it always does. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You know, I I, I think there's something magic about just being out there you know um looking up the stars and you oh. know when you got a clear night and it's, it's oh, there's it's, no moon it's and you can see best. the stars no light pollution oh yeah. we live up in orange springs our our farm's out in Oklahoma, but mm. we live up in orange springs and it is beautiful out there when there's uh it's a big huge area there's a lake and when the, there's no clouds and the stars are out it's just amazing yeah you can see up there yeah it so really is. Do y'all have any advanced classes? We do. We do have a uh, seven-day advanced class. You learn everything that's in the Weekend Warrior, plus uh, some basic flint napping, a little bit of weaving, trapping. Now what is flint napping? Uh, it's make, making a discoidal blade uh, using using rocks, basically. Uh, okay. You're using a piece of flint and a hammer stone, and you're making just a, a sharp edge that you could use for cutting. Wow. Uh, your two most important tools in survival. Anyone want to take a guess at what those might be? I'm gonna guess a knife, fire, a, a cutting edge, and a way to make fire. Yeah, uh, those are your two most important tools. Those are the harder things to craft than anything. You guys else. are so smart. You guys got that like right, yeah, right off, off, right off like the bat. Just <laughs> it's right here, buddy. First it was guess, a guess. It's right it was here. A total guess. Your number one is a knife because if you have a, a cutting edge, then you can right. make a friction set to make fire. Yeah. Uh, but if you you don't have a, a some type of a cutting edge or blade, then it's a lot harder to manufacture one that you can do some real hard work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can probably make a discoidal blade using using flint if you can find some good flint, but it's not a lot of good flint that's native to Florida at all. Right. Um, so you're going to have a difficult time finding it. Uh, bone, you can sharpen a little bit to where you can do some stuff with it, but it's not going to be great for, you know, great knife work compared to what you're used to. You're going to spend a lot more time cutting and sawing and uh, doing stuff. So a knife is super important. And then after that would be a way to make fire. Um, but like I said, if you have a knife, you can you can create friction sets and things. Uh, so back to the advanced course, uh, you have four days to learn all the stuff that's in the course, all the information. The first four days are spent education, just right. learning, 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 packing all that information into your brain, practicing. The last three days, uh, at the end of the fourth day, you abandon all your modern gear. We put it on ropes and hang it up over the trees and leave it there. And then we That's hike terrifying. out with minimal. So Yogi Bear doesn't get it? Yes, yeah, so that the <laughs> bears don't. So there's less likelihood of the bears getting it. I mean, sometimes you can't prevent. Uh, we haven't had it happen yet, knock on wood, but. Um, it, it, there's less likelihood that a bear can get it if you have it way up there and hanging off of a branch somewhere. So you're not bringing a knife with you? No, nope, you don't bring your knife. You bring the blade that you make with you. Oh, um, sweet. You, the only thing that you're allowed to bring that's uh, remotely technological or, or from your modern gear is your sleeping bag and or two wool blankets and um, your flashlight. Because wow. I, don't, I don't want people tripping or falling at night if they get up to use the bathroom or whatever else. Uh, that's about what the, if the What if the flashlight is a rechargeable light? Well, how do you recharge it? What, why would you bring a rechargeable light <laughs> if you don't have a way to recharge <laughs> it? 
I'm just asking. Yeah, I mean, if you brought a I solar think your SOL. panel, maybe you could. But I mean, just but just you said that that's going to be hung up in the tree somewhere. So they, they make those flashlights that yeah. so you just shake them. Then you're just going to have to ration your, your like a flashlight. Yeah. No, no, not at all am like I, that. Am no. I going the wrong no. way? Yes, way right. left field. All right. So don't bring a rechargeable flashlight unless it's one of the ones that have the hand crank on it that you can. You know, hand crank work. I'm not gonna walk. I'm, I'm not gonna want to walk around like with like a case of like double C batteries. <laughs> no, well, like it's that. not. You're not so gonna need it that long. You can't bring double C batteries. Yeah, there's. I don't think there is a double C battery. But um, <laughs> good point. So if you haven't been flashlight shopping in a while, <laughs> I'm glad one of us caught that. There's lots of flashlights that take one double A battery that will last a long time. True there's, story. There's yep. a lot of advancements in, in modern flashlights. Especially like a little <laughs> headlamp or <laughs> yeah. something like that, there's, I would imagine would be There's some good. that you can use um, one AA battery and it'll last for about three or four hours, but it puts out like 12 to you know 1,500 lumens. It's a lot of light, but you don't need that. You just need enough light to see around you. So there's there's plenty of ways that you can take a, a good flashlight, one backup battery, and you're good to go. So what's going to happen on the last so, three days? So of the this last three days of this advanced course, let's get back into the into the into the field, the infield. Mm. Um, the last three days you practice the skills that you've learned and using nothing but the, the tools that you've made. So I'm there supervising. And, and how far in do you guys hike? W- from where from the base camp where we started at? Right. Uh, a lo- far enough away to where people aren't tempted to go back to their gear. Like, <laughs> would you say A like mile? It depends on the terrain. So it depends yeah. on, you know, where we're going. Uh, sometimes it might be a mile. Sometimes it might be several if it's, you know, too flat and it'd be easier for them to get back. So right. I don't want that temptation there. Mm-hmm. So we hike far enough away to where I know they're not tempted to go back to their modern gear, try to sneak over there in the middle of the night and, you know, get into their snacks or whatever else. And and <laughs> honestly, I don't want them, you know, going back and being That's able to find it too easy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, the whole point is is for you to go through this in a practical way. Right. And experience living off the land. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And if you're, you know, if you're going to cheat yourself, then, then you're only cheating yourself. <gasps> um, man, he makes a good yes, point. Man, just, I mean, <laughs> Captain Obvious here. If you're cheating yourself, <laughs> you're only cheating yourself. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> words of wisdom from suits from survival Steve. <laughs> All right. Um so you're living off the land for the last three days under my guidance and supervision. Yeah. Um, I'm still there. You can check with me. Hey, is it, this is this is the plant we learned, right? Yeah, that's the plant we learned. Hey guys, check this out. You know, I see something over here that I want to show you guys that we didn't see earlier this mm-hmm. week. So it's living off the land for the last three days, practicing the the things that you've learned, using the tools that you've made. And it just adds to that story that you're going to take home too. So um, not only did you learn all this stuff, you practiced it, but now you're going to feel way more confident. So you do the weekend warrior course, you learn the skills. You know that you have the skills and you know what you need to do in that situation should you be in a, you know, a survival situation, emergency survival situation. But if you do the, the advanced course, you learn a little bit more and then you, you're 100% confident. You know, not only do I know I can do this, I have done this. I have literally lived off the land for three days. Mm-hmm. I know I can do it. You know, if you can do it for three days, you can do it longer than that. Is it rough? I would say no. You know, it's is it is it comfortable? No, I mean, you can't. Come take on, it. you're talking to survivalist I'm, Steve yeah, right I, now. What Come I mean, on, what I mean rough? is that is what I mean is that um, it's an experience. I don't think people are focused on on the misery of it. I think they're more excited about getting getting through it and, and succeeding. Um, I, you know, yeah, doing doing sense. good, excelling at it. You know, um, the, the whole the whole goal is to. Uh, to learn this stuff and the people that sign up for it they know what they're signing up for sure uh, so so the goal is to get through it so you know is it is it comfortable sometimes no you know sometimes it might have its downsides if it's raining it's the worst you know because then you're so just, do, do you do it rain or shine though but yeah once we schedule a course it's on rain or shine wow yeah it's it's there 
How much does that suck, though, having to be out there in the rain like that? It's uh, it's sucky, you know. Um, they're allowed to take two, uh, you know, big, large um, trash can liners with them, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what they use as a poncho or to keep their whatever they make and, and bring with them dry. Uh, they can use, they can cut it up and use it for improvised shelter. Uh, they can do what they want with it, but they get two large uh, trash bags that they can bring. You ever had anybody say, oh, come on, man, I just got to go back. I can't deal with this. So How, what do you do with <laughs> that? I have, I have had two students that in the middle of the course uh, said they needed to go back. One of them, I think, snuck his phone and had some drama going on. And, um, what were the reasonings? Uh, he, sa- he said he he had already done most of this stuff before, and he just wanted to come out and be there with his family, but didn't want to you know oh stick around God. and do it. <laughs> and so the downside of this is, if I have one student that needs to go back, I can't let that student go back all the way to where we started from right. by themselves. Yeah, take everybody. But back. it's dangerous to leave everybody else there, so I have to interrupt the whole class to escort this person back. So I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, can you just out, have a policy that says like, hey yep, man, once you're, you're there, in, you're in, you're there. We don't escort you out if you want to. If you want an out. You've got to call emergency. Wow. You, know, you use my that's phone. I take my phone out there, and they, they're going to have to call an emergency to, to extract them from the field. Because that's we're smart. Not gonna, I'm not going to jeopardize everybody else's safety to escort one other person out. Um, that's that the sense. real deal. Yeah. That's that's hardcore. Yep. Well, it's, I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable. You not know what you were all. getting into when you came out, and if, yeah. you're, if you're not committed to it, then then don't do it. You yep. know? It's, uh, it's not for everybody, and, and we do, for people that don't want to stay out overnight or don't want to do a whole weekend or an advanced course, we do crash courses where we do a day hike, and I go out ahead of time and harvest all the materials, set everything up to where all they got to do is kind of put it together, and we can do it all in one day, less than a whole day. We can do a crash course in survival. It costs a little bit more because I'm spending all the time doing the material coverage, and I don't have as many people, so we can't mitigate the cost by saying, well, we'll just divide it up amongst all these people. Right. But we can do a lot more in a day um, than people people would expect. So if they don't want to do the whole weekend or the whole advanced course, yeah, just know your limits, you know? How prepared are people, by and large, just – average citizen how prepared do you think people are for uh i would say if if the shit hit the fan for lack of a better word yeah most people not i would would say probably at least 95 maybe a little less than that are are not prepared for some kind of a thing to happen in florida all right so we do disaster preparedness consultations for Mm -hmm. people that want to you know start prepping or start being prepared on a budget and Mm -hmm. um what we realize in Florida is people are people that prepare for a hurricane are prepared for multiple things across the board. If you've got right. three weeks worth of food, water, you know, gasoline stored away with stabilizer in it for your generator, you know, all this stuff, then you're prepared for something like a surprise pandemic. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, there's no toilet paper on the shelf. Well, that's cool because How I was prepared for a hurricane and now if, I've got if, toilet paper. If the world goes crazy in Florida. Is the, is the ones standing it, like, yeah. hey guys, well, I mean, we're Florida man, y'all didn't see that coming, did you? We're kind of tough, <laughs> tough people. Florida, Florida man, man shall inherit the earth. We, we deal with a lot of stuff that other states don't have to. I mean, other states have their different things. You know, snowstorms. You know, we don't yeah. know how to deal with that. But what's the likelihood of us getting a snowstorm here? But they're still they're still mm-hmm. prepared for to be snowed in for several days without yeah. assistance. And I still think power. we'd be all right. I yeah. think we'd be just fine. So if you're prepared for one thing, you're prepared for multiple things across the board, whether it be a pandemic, an economic collapse, a government collapse. I mean, I've had people come up with crazy scenarios, and I'm saying, well, you know, still just make sure you have this on standby. <laughs> make sure you have that. You know, some people say, oh, I got, you know, lots of gold and I've got gold bars and gold coins. Well, that's not going to do you any good. When you need a couple cans of soup, are you going to trade a gold coin for a couple cans of soup? Yeah. No, you need something more tradable like, you know, alcohol. Booze. Medication. uh, Ammunition. Yeah, what kind of tree does uh, Jack Daniels grow off of? (laughs) 
That's uh, oh, it's, it's a corn tree, I think. Is it a corn or it's rye? It's a corn tree. You're is right. It, is it rye or corn? <laughs> I don't know. It's corn. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Corn tree. Um, so uh, you need tradable commodities, but I mean, if something happened, I would say, uh, sadly, the m- the majority of people are not prepared, and they just want to depend on the government. Hey, and how do you think? This is, this is kind of a morbid thing, but we're just talking doomsday scenario. Mm-hmm. Doomsday, like Armageddon. Armageddon. End of days. Nothing you can do to avoid what's it. what's the what's the percentage of people you think make it? Is there a point in front of it? Wow, you're right. That was like yeah. a really dark kind of a question. That was that was because I, I I'm going with with like like a point four or something. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at a like lot this. of people. Is it is it the asteroid that completely covers the Earth with I don't dust know. and wipes out all of life, and there's nothing you can do unless you've got a million dollar underground bunker? I mean, or is it you know? I think I, things like. Uh, like what? What are, what are some of the better? Like the solar flares that, that knock out EMPs. all of the EMPs, EMPs that knock sorry. out all the electricity. That's yeah. one you can you can do. Um, I they, think they that'd can, be I, it'd just be chaos in the streets. They can do uh, atmospheric detonation of um, uh, nuclear devices that'll throw out EMPs yeah. as well, and, yeah. then and then they can actually make EMP. Uh, I've bombs. done that before. It's not yeah. all that I'm fun. Sh- I'm sure. <laughs> Nick, you're, yeah. you're all gonna what's, be running to my house. What's it called? Bear what? Bear. Bear. Bear cock. Bearcott. I'm calling Bearcott on that. Bearcott. You just made that up, dude. Um, that's a thing. That's a thing. So, um, we're right, gonna so get e- some responses on that. He EMPs. also convinced me that Waffle was a was a real disc golf move at one point. Well, it is, is not, for me, but it's your signature. It's real to me. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't realize. So the EMP. EMP. Um, so, from what I've re- done in research. Uh, to protect your electronics from an EMP, they have to be in a Faraday cage. Yeah. Some kind of completely yeah. surrounded metal cage that is grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can use a trash can. A lot mm-hmm. of people insulate a trash can and use that to make sure that the stuff's not touching the metal, that there's some insulation in there, or throw foam, Preferably copper, want. actually. Yeah. Isn't it copper? But nowadays, everything is, everything's some got kind of electronics metal, Some it, kind though. of metal is good. I mean, they say most cars wouldn't even everything. work just uh, just based on the electronics. Most of them you can use a microwave. Yeah. Something old with a carburetor is going to be great. Yeah, a microwave. Yeah, a microwave. Yeah. We'll make a microwave into a Faraday cage. Some people use ammunition cans or big munition cans um so i mean that's to protect your electronics so mm-hmm. the main, th- main thing i think you need to protect is going to be some type of communication devices sure people don't know what to do when they can't communicate yeah two-way radios are going to be the best they make some really cheap great ones ham so, radios yeah yeah the Beofang radios well i have said that if, if in a in a end time scenario that uh i will god is my witness i will find a ham radio and i will Continue Porchville. You don't, <laughs> so even in the apocalypse, there goals. will be Porchville. Goals and priorities. Huh? That's right. That's you don't right. Have I got the ham radio. I got five acres that that we're gonna go to uh, out in, out in Hawthorne. I got plenty know. of people that can get you ham radio certified and get you, get you set up, man. Perfect. Um, Just so in case, because I want to keep Porchville rolling. EMP. You know, everything goes out. People are going to start leaning on government. Government's going to have to go back to some type of um, analog communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they've got, you know, contingencies for sure. that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I just don't I don't want to depend on the government. I don't want to <laughs> depend on my neighbors. Amen. I don't want to depend on anyone but myself and what I can control and what I can do. And that's right. the whole part of being a prepper. Amen. It's not It's not that you're crazy. It's that you want to be responsible for your yeah. own well-being and that of your family. I always like to say it's, I, I, I want to be prepared for if rather than not be not be prepared for when right. you know yeah. I, I don't i don't want to be caught with the you know the, the pants around the ankles and and it's not a bad investment most know. of the stuff that you invest in is going to last a really long time right. and if you do groceries you know like say your canned goods and stuff you can store those in a way that you can rotate them out and mm-hmm. use them 
so that you're not throwing that money away. Yeah. Um, you can, and if you don't want to do that, then you can donate and, and buy more if you got the expendable income to do that. Now, do you do prepper training as well? Yes, that's you what know? the consultations are. So oh, okay. um, we come out and we kind of grade them and see where they're at. Uh, help them guide them in what direction to go. We can tell them where to buy stuff, where to avoid buying stuff because it's garbage or they're going to rip you off. Um, we can even go so far as to go out and purchase everything for them for an hourly rate and get everything set up for them. Oh man! So we, we one stop shop. That's yeah, awesome. one stop shop. That's do you, the, now. Do you have people that that are trying? To, are the bunkers still a thing? I know a couple of years ago that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So there, unless you have a ton of expendable income, yeah, uh, bunker is just not a very sensible um, approach. Right. Um, freight containers. Uh, people did that for a while. Yeah. That's still, a, that's still a thing. Um, but they're they're not too expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you can outfit. You can a get a Connex for about fifteen hundred bucks yeah, plus delivery fee. Uh, so, and it's the the Connex you get for fifteen hundred bucks may not be as great as some of the more expensive ones. So fifteen to twenty five hundred dollars you can get a Connex. If there's still a whole it, yeah, heck yeah, of yeah, a lot it, of modifications. If you're willing to do like a little fees. bit of work on it, exactly. Yeah, that's can, where it comes into. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but d- putting putting the work and the time into it, and then buying the materials to to fill it. Um, you know, shelving beds got to have some kind of air system in there to make sure you got airflow and uh, sanitation is going to be really important people often overlook hygiene in preparation you know they got their food their water their guns their ammo or if you want to poop go yeah but what about (laughs) what about hygiene and sanitation yeah the easiest way to get sick is to stay dirty all the time yeah how are you going to clean yourself um so you know people overlook things and that's what we're there for is to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row and uh and they got all their stuff taken care of that's pretty amazing i mean well, here's one for you. A lot of people forget about, you know, like during hurricanes and stuff, we always say, you know, get a couple of brand new toys uh, for kids and right. or games and or games and keep them put away mm-hmm. so that if something happens and you don't have power or there's an emergency and you've got to go down into the bunker, your kids have something to do because they don't know how to process the stress and trauma of what's going on. There's all these sudden changes. They don't know how to deal with it. Give yeah, them some where's comfort my Wi-Fi? Yeah. Where's my Wi-Fi? Give them some comfort <laughs> items, yeah. you know, give them something to keep them uh, uh focused and, and some kind of activity to do because number one you don't want them in your hair while you're trying to figure all this out and do everything right but number two they don't know how to say you know i'm scared something's wrong you know some of them will but most of them are just going to try to like figure it out on their own or do their own thing so give them give them a comfort item or something to, to focus on or activities to do uh to help with the kids so little things like that make a big difference that, you know that's that a really good point because me as an adult i can take my freshly picked Jack Daniels bottle that I just picked off the tree. Corn tree. And and I can just sit on the couch <laughs> and, and stare yourself. at the wall and I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> but a kid they can't, they do, can't that. do that. They, they can't, can't do, do that. that. Yeah. So you gotta have something for them. And and little things and, and advice like that is what helps to uh, make sure that people are thoroughly prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So with with the prepping uh, and then do you do you yourself prepare or, or i do you know, i do yep. it, what what scenarios are you concerned about so not the big ones i mean yeah. i'm not, i don't have a ton of expendable income so like nuclear nothing i can do about that, you know <laughs> just ride it out hope for the best and, and hope i'm in an area <laughs> just, that's, yeah. that's not really affected um pandemic i think i'm pretty covered there yeah um economic collapse i think i'm covered mm-hmm. uh um, government collapse. I'm I'm covered. Hurricanes. Definitely how do covered. you think most people are civil war with the with the yeah, pandemic uh, scenario that's 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 playing well, out? I mean, I mean, I mean, look at the the toilet paper situation. You know, oh my god, toilet paper situation. Yeah, 
I mean, there's there's so many other ways that you can clean your 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 rear end uh, mm-hmm. other than just toilet paper and and of all the things to I run to the store and I just don't understand why that happened. You know, I I, I want to I want to say here's my my conspiracy theory. Ready? <laughs> yes. The toilet paper company started it. It very, I believe it. it I totally hype, believe it. A couple it. of Facebook posts. Better stock bam, up. Damn, there it oh. goes. You know, like. You know, all one of them had to do is get one picture of an empty shelf with like one or two things of toilet paper left. Put it on there. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I heard about it on Facebook. Who knows? Like, oh, there's a toilet paper shortage. I was like, there is. That's how everybody hears about everything. I now. went down and got some toilet paper. Social media. There I had in. to hear it from him. Yeah. I don't have a Facebook. Social. Yeah. Social media. I went down and got my toilet paper. I'm basically his Facebook. Controls. <laughs> controls. It's the way weird. I always can tell him yeah. stuff. We we base our decisions off of what we see. Yeah. On social media, everybody panicked because they thought there was no toilet paper, and they ran to the store and bought all the toilet paper. Uh, but so that's an example. I don't get it. Look at when a hurricane comes. What do people run out and buy all of? Oh, gas. gas. Gas and one more thing. Water. 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 All right. During a hurricane, what falls from the sky? Gas. Gasoline. Listen, if gas is falling from the sky around you during a hurricane, I'm not hanging out around you. Yeah, probably, you. probably not the best idea. I don't want to smell that. Yeah, that's all the right, damn truth. I never even thought about that, Steve. <laughs> yeah. So I tell people all the time, don't panic and go out and buy all the bottle. You know, keep yeah. some keep some water stored away. I prefer the big Culligan jugs of water, like, like the five get a funnel. Jugs. Yeah. I've got I've got two five gallon jugs. Could, I fill them up in the bathtub. Yeah. Call it a day. You don't even if have I'm to that, get a funnel. Yeah. If you I'm can, in there, you can get. That's um, it. So they make this thing called a water bob that you can put in the tub and fill with water, and it's like a big um, plastic container. Oh yeah, it looks like a big body bag or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I've seen but that. It's, uh, so it'll hold the water and keep it safe. Um, you can keep uh, you know a five gallon bucket or a one gallon bucket to refill and flush the tank with. Yeah. But we recommend not doing that too much because it puts a strain on the city. On the city, if you're in the city, puts a strain on their. Um, there's systems because their pumps aren't running without mm-hmm. electricity. Uh, but back to the water thing. So you can put you can dig a hole in the yard and put a tarp down in that hole, and use that to collect rainwater. Yeah. You know, there's it, water falls from the sky. Don't it's, panic it's and go out and buy all the water. It's a little <laughs> bit of work. You know, it's so called it's, rain. Yeah, it's called rain. We're you just know, we're gonna be okay. People panic wait, and think wait, there's wait, not gonna wait, be any wait, water. Wait, what's what's this work? Yeah, well, so it's <laughs> a little what, bit what of work. Is, what is that word dig, you're dig using? Dig the hole. You have to dig. But you could also go to the dollar store and buy one of those kitty pools. That's way easier so than I actually hole. discovered I have yeah. a I have a gutter that runs right right behind here. Oh, that'd be great. You can collect and water. It's it runs right off when I actually keep it clear. But you're in Gainesville. Don't let them know you're collecting the water. Oh yeah, what's up with that? Well, I'm actually I'm yeah, actually that's actually illegal. You're I'm actually just outside of city limits here. Oh, thank goodness. So, in Porchville. Hey, how about Springs County? That thing they're trying to start up there. Oh, Episode. Shit. I'm so happy. Twenty six. Yeah. No, no, no. It was thirty uh, one. No, it was like thirty two. Oh, there's a lot of numbers getting thrown. Around. We yeah. actually <laughs> had uh, Tim I, Martin I, from I Springs think it was County. Forty one. Yeah, Jack Pickett and them are all trying to get that. I, I love it. I think it's great. I, yeah. Know? They're just they're like, hey, we're done with all the nonsense. We're just gonna try to start our own thing. <laughs> yeah. Why not? But anyways, back to the uh, the rain and the, so you got a, a thing that a, a gutter that you could collect water from. Um, you can use the kiddie pools. You can use. There's lots of ways to collect rain. So, oh, another way you can get it in the wilderness. Uh, you hunt. Have you ever done a drag? Like tie a piece of cloth to the back of your boot or your shoe and, sure. and put the urine on yeah, it, yeah. and then the doe urine. For those that don't understand about hunting, you put a doe urine that Walk you can buy from across. the store on a rag, and then you drag it uh, behind you while you're walking to your stand. And if a buck smells that, then they'll come in. Well, imagine taking your t-shirt off. Uh, or having a towel or any extra piece of cloth in the morning, what's all over the grass? Do do you can collect that stuff and drink it, dude? Yeah. So uh, more water that you can find in the wilderness. You're talking about everywhere. Swiping cloth through the grass, grass, yes. and then and then just it. collecting the water, moisture. 
That's I will say this real quick uh, before we get too far from the Springs County yeah. uh, discussion. September 5th, Matt and I are actually going to be at uh, Dr. Jack's chiropractic something in High Springs um, for a uh, Springs County uh, gathering. Awesome. Know, like an inf- informational event. We're actually going to be... Uh, hosting that what are y'all doing as well as one in archer at the mustang grill and bar september 12th so newberry's going to be a part of that as well aren't yeah, yeah yeah tim martin is the awesome. is the guy spearheading it and yeah. he is actually uh a newberry city commissioner right nice. now so um the founder of tin can i was telling you about he lives he's based out of newberry oh great retired air force well, guy. he'll be in there he'll yeah. be in there i'm sure he's all about it my place here, Porchville. We will be in the new Springs County if that if that happens. Oh, really? So, so yeah. So, Alachua City. I hope it does happen. Will be in Springs County. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I find everything that left, completely ironic. Every, everything that west Alachua of, of Alachua City is not going to be in, in Alachua, Alachua County. County. Yeah. That is pretty funny. How does that work? Let's well, just that's hope what it happens does. when you suck. Who knows uh, how it does? Let's <laughs> just hope that it does work. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. But, but yeah, we're going out. Uh, and those are those are like Sunday mornings, ten o'clock in the morning, Saturday mornings or something. Jesus, what was I thinking? Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> yeah, there's Saturday mornings. I'm sure Nick can do it. I don't know about me. <laughs> you can only do it because I'm going to pick you up. Uh, well, yeah, he'll he'll knock. You'll on be the banging door. on his window. Yeah. First job I ever had was a baker for several years, so I was up at like three o'clock every day going oh in and baking. And uh, so my brain just—I can wake up in the morning and. What kind of a what kind of bakery was it like? It was like in a, a restaurant, oh yeah, a private. It was a mom and pops restaurant called Carmichael's in Ocala. Oh. And uh, we'd get up every morning, go in there, and get get everything going, and making the orange rolls and the cornbread and the biscuits. And I worked at a uh, Schlotsky's Deli for mm-hmm. a long time, and uh, I was there was one up here in Gainesville. And we had same thing. I had to come in every morning and bake the bread and all that yeah. stuff. And good times, man. No, no, not at all. I not liked it. <laughs> I liked for, it. For some, it was peaceful at yeah, that time of the yeah, day. You yeah, know, there wasn't all the hustle and bustle. Right, right. And you yeah. seem to be somebody that likes peace, peace and yes. solitude. <laughs> and just, you know, I do. What's What's better? Would you rather be out in the woods by yourself? Would you rather be out in the woods with Taylor? Uh, I'll take a fifty-fifty there. You know? Okay. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Yeah. I Fair love, enough. I love having Taylor there with me, but you know, everybody likes having their their a little bit of alone and peaceful time. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's okay. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, what do you? What do you? What's your main goal with with all of this? Like, where? Uh, where do you see it going? I really just want to support him. Whatever yeah. I can do to help him, I know how passionate he is. I see it every time I go out with him. Yeah. So just anything I could do to help him get where he needs to be i think training the youth is my favorite thing yeah um they they love it and absorb it more well, uh, and much know, more passionate like, like the like the boy scouts girl yeah. scouts you, you know, would think like there'd be a lot more of them yeah but i think i think what stops them is scout leaders that yeah that already know everything yeah uh or well think i think, I think there's there's been such a weird like aura around all of that oh, that, yeah. that that's probably that's driven a lot of people away just be like look i don't even know what the hell's going on anymore so no i'm not saying yeah i would like, say scout troops have have brought in as far as the survival part of my business probably yeah. probably less than five percent <laughs> really terrible my yeah. god yep i would hope it'd be so much so more much of it's more, just people you know? that people that google me yeah. most all the business i get is from google yeah. maybe some facebook thing where people you know somebody will be looking for something and another person will tag me or the business or recommend me 
um, some, uh, I'm in a business networkers international BNI group and, um, you know, I get some referrals from there, but most of the business that I get is just from natural Google searches. So when I want to sign my family up for a weekend warrior class, yep. how much are we looking? It's two fifty per person for the weekend warrior okay. and we provide breakfast and supper. You bring your own lunch and snacks and, um, pretty good food actually it's yeah i I mean i was in the restaurant industry the majority of my life um so i would say it's it's definitely you're gonna enjoy it okay where are the places that you don't want to be stuck in the middle of frozen tundra well in in (laughs) specific specifically in Florida, like oh, in Florida, like where would be just places that you're like, God, I no, I don't so want to do that. Swamps are pretty miserable because yeah. you stay wet most of the time. Uh, you can build something up off of dry land, but you're still going to be in the moisture most of the time. There's a lot more dangers in that area, a lot more humidity, um, and then when it's cold, you're wet and cold. And the only thing that sucks more than being cold is being wet and cold. Um, so True swamps story. are swamps are pretty bad. Um, anything else, I think, is is you know doable, but. Swamps. See, I'm imagining like Everglades scenario. Yeah, like that's that's terrifying. There, there is. If I have a gun, I'm just there. I'm eating a bullet. There's yeah. no Don't way. Don't do that. I'm not doing. I couldn't. I, I'd be. I've seen those like 85 foot python things. Positive mindset, Nick. Yeah, I'm calling bear bear caught on that one. 85 foot <laughs> pythons. All right, it might be an exaggeration, <laughs> but there was definitely it was at least 80 foot. <laughs> it's terrifying. So, it was terrifying. So you can even use grass to build an elevated something to sleep on out of the water. So I mean, yeah. the Everglades is full of grass. It's grasslands. Right. But you can pull that stuff out of the uh, from the roots out of the mud in the water and just pile up tons and tons and tons of grass until you've built yourself a little island of grass that you can sleep on that's up out of the water. Have you have you had people that have come out like before you even get out in the woods and they're just like, nah, yeah, no, mm-mm, can't do it. I cannot. No, no, I haven't had that. I've had the, I mean, just the two that, that, that wanted to leave in the middle of the course. And uh, one of them was completely excusable. Uh, he, he brought some old sea rations that he thought were still going to be good to go. Mm. And, um, they were, they were old. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they were sea rations, some kind of canned rations. And they tore his stomach up bad. And he he had to go, um, and it was definitely. I mean, he he was up for most of the night throwing up, and Ugh. I mean, it's just it's dangerous for him to stay already because he's dehydrated from from throwing up all night. And uh, but the other one was just ridiculous. So no, it's um once they're there, they're there. And um, I mean, going back to you guys asking how much the weekend course was, uh, I wanted to make a note on that. Is you know two fifty per person. I don't think you can search any other survival schools that'll give you that value of what you're going to learn in my course mm-hmm. for that price. No, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah. So I try to be, you know, super competitive. I'm not there to make a killing. I'm there to make a living. Sure. But really, I want to put this knowledge into as many brains as I can. You know, I want to teach. It's a lost art survival, yeah. and uh, we want to we want to get that going again. This is actually really cool because it, it goes sort of in conjunction with uh, we had Carl Oliver from Twisted Dragon Forge mm-hmm. here a few weeks ago. He's a blacksmith. And that's something that's just very appealing to me is because he said the same thing, you know, or we we said the same thing during that episode was that's it's a lost art, mm-hmm. you know, it really is. People and, are getting back into smithing yeah. again, and it's really interesting. Well, I've just a lot of these lost arts in general, yeah. you know, the, the the blacksmithing, the survival, you know, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but, you know, specifically those two things, definitely a lost art. And, and, I'm, and it's and it's really it's really interesting to see them coming back around. You know, what do you, what do you think 
attributes that? Like, why do you think people are coming back around to it? Part of it, I definitely would put into uh, television. Yeah, the the shows. The shows. Someone someone had the idea to do the uh, the Forged in Fire and Alone and Naked and Afraid Mm -hmm. and and Dual Survivor and Carl was actually on Forged in Fire. All these things and it you know it generates interest in people. They're like, oh, that's cool. I would I would like to try this or I'd like to do this. And and then you get the guys. Oh, I could do this. I I could do it better than that. And you they watch a couple shows and they're a pro. Yeah, that's uh yeah. I have a friend that's that's (laughs) like that. Um, but it's uh it's I think that has a big part of it. Um, the things that they've televised and it just generated a lot of interest yeah a lot of people have forgotten about it and until they see it you know it wasn't on the on the front of their brain you know and now they've seen it on television and they're interested and like oh man i want to do that or oh i need to do that you know i need to i need to learn that so that i can take care of my family yeah like a lot of people are just going to sit there and just be like oh you just have to heat up a piece of iron and uh hammer it for a while and mm-hmm. i got a knife oh i could do that easy yep. no no problem Nah, nah. Nah. Or it's like, oh, I could just uh, make a fishing pole out of uh, a twig and some berries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could do that. So, I mean, you watch it on TV and it's, you know, that you, you only see clips of it. You see, right. you know, it going from this stage to this stage to this. And there's so much in between and so much knowledge. Have you ever heard the story about the, the, the old man that fixed the ship? So they, they there's this big Who's ship. Hell? There was this big ship, and it, it they couldn't get the engine to run. And they called in all these different mechanics, and they looked all through the engine, and they couldn't figure out what to do. And they called this one old, old guy in, and he finally came in, and he looked at the engine, and he looked at all this stuff, and then he took a hammer out of his bag, and he hit the engine in one spot and got it to start. And he charged him, like, $4,000. And they said, what? That's crazy. You can't charge $4,000. All you did was hit it with the hammer. He's like, well, you're not paying for me to hit it with the hammer. You're paying because I knew where to hit it with the hammer. <laughs> you know? And it's, uh, it's, it's just like that. you got right. the experience. Yeah. And if you go to an instructor that knows what they're doing, they're passionate about it, they've got the experience, you're, you're going to learn all those little steps in between that they don't show you on the TV. You mm-hmm. know, the, you see the, they get the blank metal, and then they put it in the fire, and then they hammer it, and then they cool it down, and then they you know, put the handle on. There's so much knowledge that's in between there that you don't know. You've know, you got to cool it the right way. You've got to temper it the right way so that it doesn't get brittle. I don't know all the ins and outs of forging, but mm-hmm. there's a lot. <laughs> and it's the same with survival. You can't watch a couple of shows and be a pro. You got to practice it. You got to learn from somebody. I mean, you, I guarantee you watch a couple of YouTube videos on how to do fire by friction, and then try it, and see now, if you now, succeed. Now, fire a coach. by friction—that's that's not like like I, I've seen the guys with the fire stick. Like no, that's not like flint the and friction steel fire. Or that's the rod. Friction that. fire is when you're rubbing wood together to create heat and dust. How long that does you that turn into an take, ember. though? If I have the right kind of wood. Um, aside from carving the set, I can have an ember within 30 seconds to a minute. All right, what's the right kind of wood? Um, I love cottonwood, mm-hmm. and um, seep willow is the best for, like, a hand uh, hand drill or a bow drill. Mm-hmm. Um, but here in Florida, you're going to use a lot of palm and or cedar is going to be your best wood. For, cedar and palm? Yep, cedar and or palm. Hmm. Now, uh, uh, the, the bow drill, that's, like, where you have the string on it, and you kind of, like, twist it over. Yep. And, and then, then, yep, and you have yeah. a socket on top to apply downward like, pressure. Almost like playing, like, violin. Yeah, kind of, but you know, it's so that is a really tricky one, and we teach it sometimes in the course. We'll, we'll go back and forth between a bamboo fire saw mm-hmm. or a bow drill, and, um, but the, the thing is having the right posture, making sure that your notch is carved right, um, making sure the wood's not damp. All these, little, all these little factors and variables are what make you succeed or not succeed, and when you have a coach there who says, oh, here's what you're doing wrong, it, I mean, you're going to get through it a lot faster and succeed. Try to watch a YouTube video and do fire by friction. 
and then one day sign up for a course and come out and do fire by friction. And you're gonna be like, oh man, I watched the video like eight times. I couldn't get it. And it's, yeah, come out here and I do the course and I got it like the third time I tried. Yeah, it was great. That would have been kind of funny to actually just like have him just like, like kind of just like tell me just like watch a YouTube video on how to start a fire and see if you can do it. And then I would be sitting out there still to the time. I think actually the next time the Survival Steve comes, because this has been this has been a lot of fun thus far. Oh, the next time I think I think at the very beginning he should show you how to build a fire. And, and you should just spend the time trying to build it. Yeah. You wouldn't that, be that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of ways we could go about this. I we would, could, I we could love have that two idea. people do it. We could have two it. people do it. One guy watch a YouTube video and try to do it on their own, uh-huh. and then the other guy, I'll teach how to do it. I got dibs on the YouTube video Deal. because I want to hear everybody hear me cussing up a storm. <laughs> 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 that would actually be a, that. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be a yeah. really. I'd good enjoy episode. it. Yeah. Even better if we did it during a whiskey challenge episode. Oh, <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah, we do. So, oh, speaking of whiskey, Reed, what's this whiskey you brought for us? Uh, I'm gonna not sure. grab this bottle here. Did you pick that off a tree in Nick's backyard? So, so yeah, Reed, I got it right out out back there. Reed yeah. always brings interesting whiskeys. This week, he brought Basil Hayden's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and I got to tell you, this stuff is easily. Capable of winning a uh, whiskey challenge episode. It's delicious. That's pretty killer. So uh, go try that, Basil Hayden's. Um, you said you were out. What was your longest? About two weeks. About two weeks. Yep. Tell me about that. Like, how did how winter, did winter time is winter when time. I prefer to be much much more. Was enjoyable. this a, was this Ocala? It was Ocala National. Yeah, hungry. Now, did you did you go into it with a? A I'm ba- going to go for two weeks. Yeah, a backpack with minimal stuff. Right. And uh, No, I didn't have the mindset to. I was just I had downtime. Just and like, I let just, me. I took it. How much downtime did you have? More than two weeks. So you, so you were just kind of like, let me go see. Yeah. Let, me, let me test this. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a test to myself yeah. or it wasn't a challenge for myself. It was just, I'm going to go take some downtime and mm-hmm. I'm going to go camping. That's awesome. And then it ended up being like two weeks of camping. Right. Uh, I have a dual sport motorcycle that I ride around mm-hmm. and I took it out there and I had a backpack with some, you know, some good supplies in it and my emergency supplies. And it turned into two weeks off of, you know, a couple of days worth of camping supplies and emergency supplies just because I didn't want to come back yet. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was fun. I had no, a good time. Now, was Taylor here in the picture then? No, that no, was, was this was before? Many, many years oh, before okay. the Taylor. So you just off and drove yep. off into the woods, yep. spent two weeks out there. What What was that like? It was wonderful. It was, yeah. uh, it was great. What? Uh, it was cool. What's, uh, what? I built a, a lean-to shelter um, instead of a debris shelter because I had plenty of fire to keep me warm. Right. Um, and you're going to be out there a little longer. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a debris shelter, it sounded like it was fairly it was very, minimalistic. Very, very confined. Versus yep. doing the lean-to, yep. which will give you... Now, you can you make know. a larger debris shelter that you can move around in a lot more, but um, most of the time in a survival situation, you're going to use minimal calories building it, so you want to make it small as you can um, so that not only... Uh, does it take less time and energy to build, but it's you know keeps you much more insulated. There's no extra ed- dead airspace inside for the mm-hmm. cold air to come in. Um, so I, I just built a simple lean-to. Uh, I had a sleeping bag, so I was plenty warm. I had fires, you know, I was good to go. And it was just it was peaceful. It was quiet. It was nice. I did a lot of hiking and exploring out in the Ocala National Forest, and it was great. Well, you ever you ever worry about just what if? Like what if you get out there and. Something happens. Well, it's the Ocala National Forest. It's not like the Amazon jungle. There's right. there's roads everywhere. Um, so you're confident though that if something bad happened, that you could get out or get get somewhere. 
I would say I was I was confident enough that yeah. that I would be okay no matter what. Uh, the the most probably odd thing that would be able to have, and I had my phone on me too, mm-hmm. you know. So th- probably the the most dangerous thing would be being attacked by a bear in the middle of the night and or a snake in the middle of the night. Right. Uh, and then having to explain to responders where I'm at and you know please hurry and come get me if you know if it was a snake if it's a bear. You know, you may or may not be able to communicate mm. or use your hands or use your phone. So, yeah. Uh, and I always take protection with me as well. But, you know, if something happens while you're dead asleep, are you going to be able to do anything about it that fast? You don't know. You know yeah. but I don't focus on the what ifs or, you know, what could happen because I'm there to n- to relax my brain and not, you know, wind it up and, and worry and have anxiety and fear. I'm there to, to let all that stuff go. I need to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I need to so let like go of all of it, man. That sounds like a that sounds amazing. It's, I mean, I think it is. It's not for everybody, uh, but there's, I mean, we do other things for people that don't want to be out in the woods for several days. You know, we can do a, a river trip during the day or we do, oh, here's a cool one for you. We do a rite of passage and uh, we do it with tin can that I mentioned earlier. A rite earlier. of passage? Rite of passage. Now, what it's is called that? A, it's called a ropes course. It's a rite of passage experience survival. Okay. And it's for children going into young adulthood. And I'm short a, enough. I'd that pass. Sounds, it's a that four, sounds great. Well, we can we could do river trips, overnight river campouts for adults, just the same way we do this one. So it's a four to five day downriver adventure where the the youth are taught survival skills on day one, mm-hmm. and then they have to paddle their own kayak. They have to set up their own camps, start their own fires, catch and cook their own food. They're allowed ten pounds of gear, not including their safety gear like their helmets and their life jackets and their uh, water bottles and stuff like that. Uh, but they're allowed to have 10 pounds of gear. Most of them take like ramen and oatmeal. So they'll have uh, other food in case mm-hmm. they don't catch fish and stuff. But what we do is th- they have to do everything on their own. One parent comes with them as like a security and to give some mental encouragement. But we also restrict the parents from like coddling. We don't <laughs> let them coddle. This would be and perfect no, for no, Reed. Dude, that sounds no awesome. This would be perfect for Reed. So, you don't have to worry about him coddling either. Yeah. He's, he's going to be like, get out there. Do their thing, huh? That's right. So what Am I wrong in that? Nope. You just you just let it ride. Let them ride. <laughs> what this does is it teaches the, the youth how to um, carry on through life while facing adversities. What the hunger, tired, heat exhaustion. A lot of stuff life that kids nowadays life are doesn't just give not you taught. breaks. Yeah. Life doesn't give breaks. Yeah. And if you want to learn how to adult, you gotta learn that you gotta keep going no matter how difficult life is. You're you're tired, you're hungry, you paddled your canoe all day, but you still gotta start your fire and cook your own food. Yeah. Mom and dad ain't gonna do it for you forever. But it, it and then and then we make a line in the sand and they cross over that line into manhood and then the last day we go over Big Shoals Rapids up in White Springs, and uh, and that's like the the fun part of the day where we go right. over, over the what rapids. age group are we talking about here? Uh, it's up to the parents, you know. Whenever they think, <laughs> whenever they think that the the youth is ready to take that that adventure, uh, I don't recommend you know like eight to ten year olds doing it. You know, a fourteen year old. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Reed's ready Put to them throw in the kids yeah. in the can water. It, can, Absolutely. Now, now, can you send the kid on this adventure without an adult? Nope. They have to have a guardian with them. Uh. Yep. <laughs> have to have a guardian with them. It doesn't have to be you. You'd be Uncle, uncle you know, Funkle Joe or whoever whoever you want to send them with. Yeah. Funkle. Somebody, somebody that's going to be responsible for their well-being, um, you know, while they're out there. And just Caden, mo- mostly somebody that's going to supervise them directly because we can't supervise every person. We have a point sure. person in a, in, a, in a vessel, and we have a sweep person in a vessel to make sure nobody gets left behind. And then, you know, we'll, we, we, the first person just kind of guides them where to go, and the last person sweeps up to make sure nobody's behind. And so then we set done up camp before. at night. Oh, yeah. We've done this multiple times. So do you have kids that are like, meh? We had. All right. So one of my favorite <laughs> kids is one of my one of my best friends. He's going to be uh, one of my one of my uh, groomsmen at my wedding and um, at our wedding. 
and his son Ethan Congratulations. Came Thank you. Here, here. <laughs> yep. And um, we'll drink to that. But yeah. We'll any, drink anyway. We'll drink to that any too. Any reason to drink. Um, so Ethan came out, and on day, I think it was day two, he he was done. He was like, I can, you know, I'm not gonna do this. He snuck over and got his dad's phone and called his mom, sent her a drop pin in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the river, where there's no access what? points to get to him, whatever, and said, "Come get me." And his mom's yeah, like, "Just pull the station wagon yeah. round, mom." Yeah. So his mom's like, "That I'm, I can't. <laughs> you're, you're there. You got to do this, you know." And she was, she was, she went about it the right way. Yeah. And um, and you know, he, we talked to him, and he went and sat, and he thought about it a little bit more, and then he got up later on, and he drew a line in the sand, and he said, stepped over that line, he said, "Listen, I'm a man now." <laughs> like, well, <you're laughs> oh, like, damn, you gotta, you gotta show us. All know? right. We're, yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, you know, I guess you know, kids can have a hard time. They can't want to give up. But I am, I am. A lot of my friends call me the child whisperer, and uh, the Lord gave me a talent to talk to kids and and communicate to them in a way to where they immediately trust me and and listen to me and uh, respect me. And you know, you'll have your few that are just a hundred percent little butts, and they don't sure. you know, they they just want to be defiant. But I'd say probably ninety eight to ninety nine percent of kids I can communicate with. And, I'm um, still trying to actually grow out of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> being defiant yeah that's okay yeah i haven't grown up yet that's all right that's all right. some, some I people think, never I think you do. should go on this. how many kids do y'all have on those um you know adventures I, w- I would say cap it at eight are you you're signing them boys you're signing the boys up aren't you yeah you're I'm ready signing to go age up. We're, we're going me and eight, him eight kids oh, and eight adults is probably as much as i'd want to handle with a uh with a uh, a point a sweep and a safety if, if we could do more than that, but we'd have to bring in more resources as well. I'd be so. more than happy to go and do that as long as we find the whiskey trees. Yeah. <laughs> so we the first time we did it, and this was the one that Ethan was on, was um, I want to say it was in the, it's sometime in the summer. The Swanee River was down so far that there was like four or five spots that we had to get out of our kayaks, which have a super shallow draft, several inches, yeah. and drag them across the rocks mm. because the water was so low. And uh, John, is or was it John? Yeah, John, his dad fell into the into the boat. He tripped on a rock and fell like into the boat and injured himself a little bit. But um, it was like it was a rough, rough adventure. It was hot. The water was barely moving at all. So every couple of feet of ground that you gained, it was because you paddled. So there was no like coasting down the river. It was it was a fight. It was just solid work the it whole was, time. Listen, that that boy earned every bit of his being a yeah. young man. <laughs> so but I hear that a lot though. Where 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 where. It, it, it it's almost like a recurring theme that you know kids go out into these situations and they <clears throat> you know they're they're looking at it going you're out of your mind yeah and then by the time they they get through it it's such a sense of accomplishment it is you know is. They, they feel so good about themselves and what they've achieved that's an amazing thing to give a uh, to be able to give a kid oh yeah you know yeah. and they're like I mean, the they, mighty ducks they earn it. Yeah, except like less, except like less Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you would actually, Steve would actually be Emilio Estevez in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, w- I hope there's, I mean, nothing wrong with him, but I mean, you could compare me to somebody in your little <laughs> Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. Take it up a notch. Oh Lord. I don't know. <laughs> um, Emilio Stallone. Estevez was, was pretty badass there. back in the Ooh, day. Yeah. Breakfast yeah. Club. Yeah. yeah you yep. know. Yep. I, I mean, Amelia Westavez back in the day. Taylor, yeah. come on. No? Yeah. No? She's 26, so a lot of our movie references are going to get 26. lost on her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, you don't know Mighty Ducks? You don't know the Mighty Ducks? No. At all? All right. What? 
That's all right. Last See, week, I last we week we had we somebody that hadn't seen the Goonies. Have you seen the Goonies? Oh my god! All right. oh, you at least yeah. have seen the Goonies. Yeah, I made so. her watch Blazing Saddles one time. Too. Yes. Oh yeah, that's a classic. I love the, yeah. the whole. Yeah. Yeah, Would so never they're, get they're, made nowadays, I, I, but I it's, saw, that is a classic certified. I saw something certified. the other day said they're, they're, they've edited it for television, and it's going <laughs> to air tonight from 8 o'clock to 8.07. <laughs> Seven minutes is all they were able to pull out of it. And, and, the, and five minutes of that is just the credits. credits. That's, <laughs> it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. That's it. So, oh. um, yeah, so the rite of passage, like you said, you know, they, they have a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. They earn it. they got to fight for it. And, and you never know what's going to happen. That river is a lot like life. It might be low, and it might be tough. It might be up, and it might be moving, and things are nice and smooth. You never know what it's going to throw at you, man. So yeah. How uh, often do y'all do that? Twice a year. Really? Yep. yep. Usually during spring break and during Christmas break. And uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it this coming spring break. Uh, so sign up for the Christmas break one if you want to do it. Christmas break. Uh, because this spring break will probably be on a honeymoon. You, you, you're you in, aren't you? Bo- I, both I of am. the boys or just one? No, I'm not bringing a kid. Well, well, I got I to gotta ask a question. Yeah. I mean, somebody that does all of this, like the survivalists and all that different stuff, what do you do for a honeymoon to make it memorable? Like, mm. what what That's actually makes question. it exciting? <laughs> Taylor, you want to take the mic for a sec? Yeah. Um, we haven't settled anything yet for sure, but we're planning on doing Norway. Um, Norway. Damn. Yeah, going to see the fjords and doing some reindeer sledding and hopefully some northern light chasing. And That's amazing. Jesus. Yeah. That's reindeer sledding sounds yeah. we're gonna amazing. We're going to sled and and dine on reindeer. No, don't say that. <laughs> 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 Just tell me it's steak. <laughs> it, is, it is steak. It's yeah, reindeer, reindeer steak. steak. <laughs> I don't remember that Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome, though. Yeah. That, sounds, oh, yeah. that yeah. sounds really that's, cool. I mean, that's the way we're leaning right now. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, I mean, we both love the outdoors. Yeah. And, um, Especially like water, we we love going and seeing waterfalls, different places. And, uh, so so we're both outdoorsy. Um, I I was probably hardcore into it a lot more than than Taylor is or or started off, but uh, she's you know she keeps right up with me. So I hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode. Why, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her and you? tell her because she's gonna be like, how come you didn't take me to Norway? <laughs> I want to go to Norway. <laughs> Where's the reindeer reed? Yeah, yeah. I want those reindeer steaks yeah. reed. <laughs> Yeah, there was a cool uh, <laughs> like yurt thing that you can camp in that they set up, and it's like really nice, like you're know, kind of glamping. But that's uh, that's that's what we're looking like right now. That sounds just awesome. out out in the middle of yeah. it, man. I, and that's such a beautiful area. Yeah. Like well, God, just to be out in that type of nature every day. But it's day. gonna be like February or March, so we're not sure if we should Ooh. postpone and do it like after that, so that it's not just complete snow everywhere. Oh. Yeah. But you get a better chance of seeing northern, northern lights, lights when it's that time of year. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'll take the options. cold. Yeah. I, like, I like the cold. I love the cold personally. Yeah. I'd rather. I, I was I was born in Michigan. Yeah. I'd rather be up there dealing with that than. Uh, I've been down here my whole dealing life. Dealing with so. this god awful heat. I'll take the cold for a long time. <sighs> so I got to sign my son up when yep. he's sixteen. Okay. Because cold rapids sound bad. No, so um, so they're they're not they're not real cold. It just depends on the time of year you go. Cold Des- anything. December is <laughs> is usually not too bad. Um, a lot of that water is coming from up in Georgia. We put in up in Fargo, Georgia. Um, but December is probably not going to be too cold, and uh, and the rapids aren't very scary. Um, they are rapids, and we camp right there at the rapids, so you hear them roaring all night, and it builds up a lot of um, kind of 
I don't know, probably a little bit of fear in the kids, like Maybe fear in those rapids and the But when they when they get to them and on them, they're not as scary as they sound. They're yeah. uh, there's you know we show them where to go through. We have a safety briefing before we go. Yeah, uh, coats and jackets. We have a guy down. Oh yeah, they, I they just want you to know I would be helmets, just as terrified. Helmets as those and kids. life jackets. I was the first time I, I did it. No, the rapids and I'm the still rapids are the most fun part. Yeah, like, that is. I was so I was much scared fun. the first time I did it because not only am I doing it, but I've, I'm doing it in front of all these kids, and you know if I eat it, then. You know, what do You're I done. Like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Steve ate it. No, man. Oh, so, so I was scared the first time, and I'm still apprehensive every time I do yeah. it because you never know what's changed under that water sure. that you can't see. And and you know, so we, you know, we know the safe path to shoot, and we we we've had kids that tip over, we've had adults that tipped over, um, and you know, we recover them at the bottom of the rapids, and we just teach them, you know, you, you lay back, put your feet out in front of you, knees bent, and they've got helmets on, and you know, they just kind of float down. But it's not it's not like a big class, you know, crazy rapids. It's it's a rapid, but it's not it terrifying. How do I sign up? Four, fourteen is plenty. How so do how does he how yeah, does he sign up? Just give me a call later. Yeah. Well, t- tomorrow would be fine. Well how would how how would the general public sign uh, up? Oh, they can that? go to the website and hit the contact us button yeah. and just let us know what they're interested in and we can sign them up from there. And it's best to call, not email. Right. Uh, well, you can do either. either <laughs> yeah, you can do, you can do either. Uh, I, I usually save administrative work for Thursdays. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll try to respond to emails and stuff every Thursday. Um, if I've if I've got downtime in between and and service, then I'll check them and and scroll through see what I've got. But uh, emails not the best way to reach me. They can mm-hmm. they can text. Um, you guys do Facebook and any of that? Oh yeah, we have Facebook, yeah. Facebook Messenger uh, on the on the business page. We have an Instagram. Yeah, uh, and she started. How could Instagram. you not? With with you know being out in those areas, I didn't. I didn't. But she's <laughs> well. She's you know the, that's how that works. Yeah, that's how that goes. You know she, she's the smart one. She <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You know that's how, that's how we make it. I am not hip on all the new technology and the way they do things. <laughs> I mean, I teach people how to how to make fire rubbing sticks together for a living. Right. Uh, so. Um, Thank goodness for Taylor. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, they could they could contact us with the contact us button on the website. Leave their name, number, email address uh, if they'd like to. They can text the number that's on the website. They can call the number that's on the website. Um, any of those will work. And you can sign up for a weekend warrior, an advanced course, a consultation for prepping, um, any kind of adventure. We travel out of state and do adventures. We I oh, wow. I go as a guide on lots of adventures because I'm an emergency medical responder. And I'm the tracking task force leader for search and rescue, so I'm a pretty safe person to be with in the wilderness. Man, that's survival. a whole other show. I know how to track, and I know how to uh, how to how to bandage you up if something bad happens. That's awesome! Yeah. Wow. So my kid is he if he if we did go on this and uh, he did survive his <laughs> rite of passage, uh-huh. he's immediately going to want to try and take me down. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. He thinks he's a man. Okay. Well, he's already. Do you have any insurance for that? He's (laughs) he's already bigger than you, isn't he? Hmm. Yeah, he's he's he's. I'm sure I can think of something. He's right up on me. I can I can be pretty creative. My my son just overtook me. He he is now the tallest person in the house, house. which isn't much. I mean, I'll be honest with you. How tall are you, Nick? Five four and a half. (laughs) I remember when (laughs) I was in the fifth grade. Shut up, man. (laughs) Well. So, uh, North Florida Survival, that's where everybody can go and find you. Yep, NorthFloridaSurvival.com. And, uh, that's where they can reach out and, and, and access all these amazing things that you guys are doing. Or they can go to the North Florida Survival and Adventure on Facebook. North Florida Survival and Adventure yep. on Facebook. Yep, that on Facebook. Uh, Either way, we're going to link it up in the show notes as well as the uh, tinfoil. 
Tin Can. Tin Can. Tin Tin Can. Tin Can. Tin Can. Tin Can. Tin Can. Tin Can. Tin I was waiting. I was like, tinfoil. Tin canning. Yeah. And they're a great Damn. organization. You I'm messed all, it up. I've volunteered with them for like five years now. No, this, the, isn't, uh, this isn't David Bora. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the Wilderness Division Director. David loves how much we talk about him. Tincan.us. They yeah. can find you there. Uh, yeah. and, and if you want to do something cool for a veteran, or if you know a veteran or responder that needs you know, some time yeah. uh, out there, we do hunts with them. We do fishing trips. We do survival camps. Uh, we do a lot of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds badass. Lobstering. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, lobstering. Anything Scouting. else you want to uh, say to the good folks of Porchville before we uh, uh, just do your part to uh, to prepare yourself for for whatever might be out there, whatever might come. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a prepared person and being ready to take care of yourself and your family um, all on your own. It's just part of being a responsible adult, a responsible American citizen. Um, do your part to prepare and be, be ready to take care of yourself and your family so that you don't have to uh, depend on your government or your neighbor. You don't have to be someone with a handout. Uh, you'll be that citizen that, that can lend a hand to someone that, that might need it. Um, you know, train. Uh, if, you're, if you're a hunter, a hiker, um, someone that takes their kids into the woods or someone that just wants to learn some skills, there's learning some primitive wilderness survival is a great idea. Um, you could fall out of your stand because you get attacked by hornets or <laughs> bees or whatever else. Or you're drinking beers up in your stand, <laughs> or um, whoops, or you could twist an ankle on the way into your stand. Yeah. Uh, you know, you never know what could happen. So having some basic skills, knowing what to do, uh, can can be epic as far as making sure that you're going to get home to your friends, family, loved ones, um, or, or to your TV, whatever you cherish. And um, <laughs> so just you know, just be responsible. Take some training, have some fun. We have a great time out there. There's, awesome. th- I've, I've got. If you look at our reviews, five star all the way. I've never got a negative Beautiful. review, and knock on wood, I, I never will. <laughs> but I go above and beyond to make sure that uh, you know the people that come out and train with us uh, or do any adventuring with us just have a blast. We can do scalloping, we can do lobstering, we can do hikes, um, kayaking trips down the river, in the ocean, fishing. Um, I mean, there's anything that has to do with outdoors, we'll do it. And we've traveled up to Kentucky, uh, Arizona. Um, Tennessee, I'll travel anywhere as long as they're willing to pay, you know, my travel fees and, and my time. I'll travel anywhere and adventure with people. It's it's what I love to do. So that's awesome. That's well, really awesome. NorthFloridaSurvival.com. Correct. TinCan.us. Yeah. And uh, PorchvillePod.com. This has been another episode with Reed and Matt, Survival Steve, Survival Steve, and Taylor. Go check them out at NorthFloridaSurvival.com. And uh, that's all we got, man. Anybody else want to say anything? Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Taylor. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Survival Steve, this has been a pleasure. We're going to do this again, man, because this has been a lot of fun. We got lots more to talk about. So uh, bye-bye, Porchville.